Talk, folks, at the barbershop. I am your host, Mark Gray, joined by the man to the right of me, Lamont Jordan. How you doing this week, brother? Glad for everybody who's tuning in. Another great week of football. Lots, 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 lots going on. Starting their uh, couple teams starting to separate themselves from the pack. Uh, playoff race getting a little bit interesting. A lot going on in the world of the NFL. Um, what do you think you called the Michigan State Maryland game? It wasn't bad. wasn't that bad. No. Kept it respectable. I mean, we heard. I mean, re- rebuilding the program. Um, you know, Michigan State's coach, he's been there for a while. And, and you know, he has a solid program there. Michigan State, I mean, Michigan State's a good team, man. So, you know, we, we're out of the bowl contention. The the um, Mayfield quarterback cr- grabbing his crotch. You saw that? I didn't see it. You, you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about, yeah. So, um, and apparently his coaches came out and said that he's been, he won't start in the next game. He'll play, but he won't start. Do you read anything in any of that stuff as a player, former player? I mean, just a player being a player or immaturity? I, I didn't see the crop. The, 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 just, I mean, it's just you see one, you see it at all. Just grab his crotch in, 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 in the direction of the opposing team. After, mind you, they did something to him first, though. The guy wouldn't shake his hand at the, at the uh, coin toss. I mean, that could be anything. You know, you never know what went on behind the scenes with him. This could be something that... This was the last, you know, this was the last draw. Okay. You know, we never know what's going on on a day-to-day basis there. With that said, you know, he may not start, but he may be in on <laughs> the, the second drive. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, that's what they said. Just, he'll be out until they get a first down. Yeah. Another team yeah. gets mm-hmm. a first down, and then it's, you know, you're in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, okay, I got you. Um, I was trying to think if there was anything else NFL before we got into the uh, actual I NFL. Or those college. What do you, um... When, you know, the BCS stuff, that wasn't around when we were in school. The Ford, the champion. No, Hell no, that's, no, that's real no. nice. What are your uh, thoughts about how that plays out every single year with getting down the four and picking the right four and just everything? I, mean, I think it's a good start. I don't think it's going to be uh, where it needs to be until you move to maybe an eight or ten team format. I think that's the only way that is, you know, I think that's the only chance you're going to have to get a, a, a legitimate champion in there. But even when you do that, mm-hmm. see, I think that, I think it's easier. Well, I get that. And everybody says, you know, we got to get to eight or we got to get to ten. I think it's always going to be, you're more likely to find four teams that separate themselves from the pack than you are that eight. You know what I mean? When you say we're cutting it off at four, the amount of people who can stake a claim to being in the top four at most might be five, maybe six. When you start saying eight, there's a lot of teams who can say they're in the top eight. You know what I'm saying? Like, the team, the difference between eight and the twelve team, probably an opinion. You, you, you know what I mean? So it's like if we cut, if we go to eight. We say now we got eight teams. If I'm the ninth team, I'm like, yo, that eight team ain't even better than us. Mm-hmm. If I'm the tenth team, they're not even. Better. Like I feel like you could, you start getting for the further down you get, and you get the the amount of distance between each the team gets less and less and less. So it's like I, I don't really unless you get to which is un, which which you can't do like the basketball when they, you know we have sixty four teams and everybody's in and everybody has a shot. I feel like it's always going to – I feel like the really only way to fix this, and it will never happen, and it's the reason that I've never been a college football fan, is, is that teams got to play better people. And, and, you know, and, and you just got to be accountable for it. Like, who did you play? And, and if you didn't play ranked teams, you know, this, you know, if you're in the SEC, that's fine. You probably don't need to be scheduling anybody outside of you. You're going to play four or five different ranked teams every week. But, you know, these other schools out there that you look up and – 
You might have played one team that was in the top 25, and that was early in the year, and they were ranked 18, and they're not even in the top 25 anymore. Like, that stuff has to stop. These college football games where the number one ranked team plays some school that has 5,000 people on it, and they beat them by 50, those are wasted weeks. Yeah, but you know what? You also don't want to have this, – this is how I'm looking at it. I want to move to an 8-10 to 10 team schedule because you're not playing these guys. And and we always had this argument back, you know, just just that whole Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever that crap was, where um, I believe Auburn was undefeated, and they didn't even get a chance to compete for the national championship. I believe you moved eight to four. First of all, on your point to playing uh, playing those small teams, I think it's okay to play one one or two of the, you know, if you got a 10, 11, in some cases a 12 game schedule, you want to play at least one team. Um, out of state, I think that with as far as colleges are concerned, it gives smaller schools an opportunity to get some. All for that. So I'm with that, but I believe in going to an eight to ten game season because look, these kids aren't aren't getting paid, all right. And you got, in, in my opinion, you got these makeshift champions out there because everybody's saying, oh well, this team is the best, that team is the best. Well, if this team would have played against them, we'll create a system that allows these kids to actually legitimately compete for a national title. I mean, for some of these schools, they lose one game and their season is over. Yeah, and 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 I don't think that's fair either. I don't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't think that's. I never like that. So if you move to an eight to ten to an eight to ten playoff schedule, you're actually giving you're actually giving the players an opportunity to to say that our season means something. Um, for the long haul, you know, one loss doesn't define your season. Mm-hmm. And, and so you know, I will move to it. I will move to an eight to ten game schedule. Uh, to your point of. Uh, you know, those you know, anywhere from 8 to 12, you know, is, is pretty much based on opinion. I think that's where the strength of schedule and things of mm-hmm. that nature will come into play. So you're looking, at a, you're looking at a situation right now where, you know, you have, I understand it's a business. And if it's a business, then pay the players. Fact. All right? If you're not going to pay the players, then create a system that, that allows these players to actually Gives every gives not everybody because it's not going to give everybody, but it's going to give most people an opportunity, most of the players an opportunity to legitimately compete for postseason. That means something because if I'm put it this way, when I was coming up, a bowl game was something nice. You get to go somewhere warm. You get to do all that. I mean, you're playing. I'm, I'm watching bowl games being played in, <laughs> right. in like twenty in, in like thirty three degree weather in November. That, that, that's what I'm like, no, that's no, not even... no, 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 no. We're talking about now. We're talking about December. Like, that was my thing, is that there's these bowl games that are, like, coming on now. And you're like, the bowl game's supposed to be, like, around New Year's? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, they're just all the way, like, the Thanksgiving Bowl hosted by Mark and Lamont. You know, just like, what the hell bowl is this? Yeah. And, and like you said, in a cold weather thing, which yeah. no, I'm like, if I'm going to a bowl, I'm going to go somewhere more. My, my junior year, when we were playing against UVA, the winner of that game gets a bowl bid. You know what? I was excited about the opportunity, possibly, to, to be able to go to, um, be able to go to Hawaii. I'm not going to be excited to go to Minneapolis, Minnesota <laughs> and in December to play outside. I'm right. not going to be excited about that. I'm not going to be excited to play in New York. I'm not going to be excited to play anywhere cold. Um, so I say you move to the 8-10 to 10 game schedule because it, it just makes it more interesting. And, 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 and as far as I'm concerned, um, that's where these schools like the TCUs who made in, in the past who, who, who didn't get an opportunity to compete for a national title, that gives them an opportunity to to solidify themselves. It gives you an opportunity to to bring notoriety to more conferences. 
So if it's competition, let's just try to make it a, a fair competition that gives more teams an opportunity to say, hey, we're national champions. I, I agree with you so much on the, the certain programs, especially like in the SEC, where if you lose one game, you're basically on life support, two, and you're out. And, you know, if, if one of those games is you have to go to Alabama and you have to go to Auburn or you have to, and, and LSU and, and you lose one of those games and you're out of it, but meanwhile, some school is out there in California or Hawaii and they're undefeated and they get a shot. Like, that, I, that system seems so flawed to me. Mm -hmm. And I remember before we started NFL, I guess, people always ask me why. For a prime example, was, I think it was the year after you left. And we, for, for some reason, Florida State fell on, kind of fell off the face of the earth. Uh, Georgia Tech fell off the face of the earth. And there was just a down year in the ACC. And Maryland ended up like, 10-1 or something stupid like that, right? And I'm watching these guys, and I know the team. I know the guys. I know, and I'm watching them. And we just, while, let's say LSU, for example, is their number seven, and they lose to Alabama at home by one, they drop in the rankings. We could beat Temple by 30, and we move up. That's a flawed system. Like, that is a very flawed system. That is not an apple. So us beating an unranked team and somebody else losing to a top-five team and them falling down and you leapfrogging them, that is silly. We continue that story, and I'm telling them, people, we go all the way up to like eight. We get to the Orange Bowl, and everybody says, Florida, you know, we, Maryland, we made it. Like, what are you talking about? For the last decade, it's the same. It's like, no. Oh, no, we're ranked number eight. We're going to go down. I said, guys, Florida is about to beat us so bad, it's not even funny. And this is when Rex Grossman was down there. The year before, the, uh, they go down there to the Orange Bowl, and Rex Grossman gets in trouble the night before the game. They bench him for the first half of the game. Before Rex Grossman even gets in the game, Maryland is down almost 30 points. He comes in with like two minutes left. He gets takes the team and goes straight down the field in less than a minute, and he scored. And I said, these two teams aren't even – I don't care what the rankings say. That is an SEC perennial powerhouse. We are just a team in the ACC that has a, a down year. Like Florida State basically at that point represented the uh, – the ACC, and they had a down year, and we just kind of right place, right time. And that's why I'm like, you know, it's, it, that's always been my beef with college football is that it's just that system to me is just so flawed that, you know, and, and to see teams, you know, some of these games that we watch in the SEC especially, you know, I hate to keep saying that, but it'll be like one versus two, and it's the greatest game you ever seen in your life, and it's like, well, really, you're going to, the team that lost, they, they, they fall in the rankings? Because they lost to the number one team in the country at home, <laughs> you know what I mean? On the last play of the game, like that—that that doesn't make any sense. I can understand dropping in the rankings if you're dropping below somebody that's undefeated. Because if you're undefeated or this team has basically undefeated, um, but undefeated and didn't play nobody. Um, no, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. But how many of these undefeated teams you would say if you played an SEC schedule, you no, would not be undefeated? Well, it's hard to say that because we got these these teams have to play each other, and, and, that's, and that's my, my point. point. That's like, why have to play each other. That's I why agree. I say you move to a larger playoff system because it gives you an opportunity to get these teams in there. So a two-loss team who, if if I miss the playoffs because I lost to number one Alabama in one week and then I lost to number two LSU, I'm you know and, and and I don't get an opportunity to compete to the playoffs because I lost to the number one and the number two ranked team, but yet I blew everybody else <laughs> right. out. 
you know, I can understand that argument. That's why you eliminate that by moving to an eight to ten game system. Now, all that chatter about what uh, uh, about what the ninth team is going to say this, the tenth team is going to say that. You know what? That at, at the end of the day, you had an opportunity to be in the top eight or ten. And and I think that by doing that, those eight to ten teams, at the end of the day, people are going to look at them like they're not relevant, which is fine. But it brings. I hear the media all the time, oh, it's great for conversation, it's great for this. I think moving to a larger playoff system is great for college football. But then, under your system, excuse me, that adds another two, three games to these players who are not getting paid. Yeah, no, I understand that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when I was in college, I don't, I don't think that we played more than 10 games. Yeah. All right, now you see teams that got 11 games, 12, 12 games, yeah. so they're already doing it anyway. Yeah. So if you're going to give the kids more, if you're going to give these players more games to play, let's give them more games that are actually going to be relevant. And that's that's where you move to the 10 to 12-game to, to playoff system. You can let the bowls that are already in place, you can let those bowls be, you know, that, you know, the, the I don't know all the different bowls, but you can let some of these bowls be, be the playoff game, be the big you have you have your championship game. Let that bowl be that bowl. But all the other bowls, you just you just gotta you, you know you let those bowls be part of the playoffs. So you still keep the whole bowl system. People are still getting their money, and these players who are playing in, in top programs really get a chance to compete for a national championship. Because with the before the system, it was just crazy. Now it's gotten a little better because you have two more teams. Let's continue to go through the process and add more teams. That's the only way. You're always going to have chatter. There's all just like with basketball. There's always those those four teams that right. are in the bubble. They're right. going to have. Hey, you know what? <laughs> they got the 64 teams. Man. Like you got to get out of the top. I'm with you. Yeah, that. so that's what I'm saying. Like, so I think the same thing. I think the same thing goes with football. And I think if you do that, it's going to make college football more exciting. Uh, these kids aren't out there playing for nothing. Can, can you imagine? Coming into a season, you just went through two a days. You just went through all this, all this. Uh, uh, you went through all this off season stuff, right? And you lose the first game of the season. You're you can't win a national championship. So now you're basically just playing the rest of the season for to put money in the pockets of of of, of, of everybody else. You're right. I'm so sure. give these kids an opportunity, get, you know, give the players an opportunity to, to seriously compete for a national championship to where, you know, it's not, oh, we lose one game out, you know, pretty much the season is over. The board is jumping today, and I can see there's a, there's a common thread, man. It's all about the U over there, baby. Everybody, you know, there's a lot of friends from back home down there, but it's it's all about the U. And um, Jay Dot, who went to school with us, what's up, Pinnell? Uh, what you think about that U chain, the turnover chain? That's tight. I know you love it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I like that. And, and you know, the thing that that I love about it is 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 when I'm watching, when I saw it, mm -hmm. and I watched it a few times. You were like, "What is that?" I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> but I was looking at the person who was wearing the chain and the pride. This hat. is what, but this is what, this is why when I look at that, and I, I'm not just saying that this is a great idea, but I could see in that moment why Miami is where Miami is right now. Because I was watching the players that was around him. Everybody was happy. Everybody was happy for yeah. him. But you saw that happy, competitive nature. Where, yeah. Yeah, you, you got, got yours. Okay, yeah. I'm about to come get yeah. that change yeah. from you. Yeah. And that kind of, man, I'm just telling you, when you can do that and you have players who are buying in, and the fact that the coach allows a change, it says a lot about the players in that program because it's saying that you're mature enough to handle that. NCAA will be there in a second to mess it up somehow, some sort of way. 
who want, want to know who paid for the chain, where the chain came from. Who, where the chain came from. But you know what? You know what? It, it, How it, much does it cost? To, to your point, to your point, I think they'll come in more and say, okay, you can't do that, but here, you can do this, and this is going to be a way that the NCAA can make money off of it. <laughs> right. NCAA, man, they always find a way to mess something up, man. They, at the end of the day, those of us who love sports, we look at it as a sport, but, you know, it, it, it's a business. Yeah, man. They, I, yeah, there's one where the, where the uh, players don't get paid. That, that's 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 the sad part. But the U is back. Um, I'm happy for them. Uh, as a U fan, it's been a rough decade, and uh, it's good to see them back and back in the relevance. I hope they can continue and go all the way through. Um, Thursday night game: Tennessee versus the Steelers. The Steelers is the we've known all along that the Steelers have the talent, right? Ever just you know they got the they got a arguably the best receiver, arguably the best running back, and a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, Steelers defense is always going to be the Steelers defense. It's not it's not your father's Steelers defense, but it's still a good Steelers defense, and Mike Tomlin is a, a coach to be reckoned with. So you know all the pieces are there. At different points in the season, right when you're about to say that they're on the next level, they've kind of choked, tricked you up and be like, ah, you know, I wanted to say that they're good, and they, whether it be just not such an impressive performance or even a loss. But that being said, they're eight and two. It's November now, late November. Uh, they're rolling. Ben's out there throwing what was it, five touchdowns or something stupid? Four touchdowns. Le'Veon Bell is still Le'Veon Bell. Um, they got a nice receiving core over there. That young kid Juju. Yeah, he, he's real. He, he, he's real. Um, time to take notice on the Steelers, right? I mean, I've been said it for a few weeks. Um, Pittsburgh is one of those teams, and I said this, you know, I care what they do during the regular right. season. If they qualify for the playoffs, in my opinion, that's the most dangerous team. Uh, that's the most dangerous team. Uh, it's a very, I'm not going to say the most dangerous team, but it is a very dangerous team that nobody wants to play. Ever. I mean, if you look at their record right now with, with the issues that they've had this year. All right? Uh, um, now they get it together. You imagine what that team's going to be when they when they figure it out. I mean, you got to remember at, at one point in the season, Ben was like, "Oh, I, I don't know." If I right, do. right, and, right, and, and that was sarcasm. I think that he was just being sarcastic towards the media. But uh, that Pittsburgh Steelers team is showing you what they're about. And, and, and let's talk about Mike Tomlin and the job that he's done at Pittsburgh since he's been there, man. I mean, you know, nobody really wants to talk about uh, about just just how great of a job that he's done with the transition of that team. Because if you look at that team when he had it, when he first, when he inherited the team, and then you look at the team now, yeah, that's a totally different locker room with the exception of Ben and maybe just a couple of other people. I think right now it's probably just Ben. It's probably Ben and, and maybe, maybe a lineman. Uh, no, that's what I was about to say. Maybe, maybe a lineman, lineman and, 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 and maybe a, a corner <laughs> right, or right. something like that. But you look at the job that Mike Tomlin has, has been able to do. You go from Bill Cowher, who was there for pretty much forever. Like 20 years, and the guy before. I think they've only, I think he's only like their third head coach. Okay, man. That's, Ever. And that speaks on the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers organization. It is. It is. Right, it is. So, so, you know, with, with, with Mike Tomlin and the job that, that, that he's done out there in Pittsburgh, um, I, I think more needs to be – I think we need to speak more about that because you hear so much about – we always want to get on coaches when things are going down. Mm -hmm. Okay? But here's a guy that I think that, that – that, People need to talk more about him because he's done a great job with an organization that's been a high-class organization from the time that the Steelers have been involved. So shout out to Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. That's a, that's a dangerous football team. It is. It is. Um, anything you want to say about the Titans? Um, 
I mean, really, when it comes with the Titans? I think what I'll, I'll go first. Then. The Titans, at the beginning of the year, I don't remember what you said, but I'm, I'm going to just go and say we're probably in the same boat. We both would have been around 9-7, and 8-8, seven, eight and eight, and I feel like that's basically what they are. It's going to be a win one week, lose one week, win one week, win one week. You know, like, it's going to be at 9-7, and 8-8, eight and eight, worst case scenario, 7-9, and nine, and that's pretty much where they are right now. They're at 6-4, and four, so, you know, pretty much win one week, lose the next week. And then maybe win two in a row and then and then win one. And, you know, the Titans are a good team. They I, I feel like they can play with anybody, and they can also be beaten by anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the Titans, I think we both had them winning that division. Yeah, but that was more about the division than it is them. Yeah, it was definitely more about the division than than them, but that's also a team that's, that was dealing with some injuries. But this right here, this game, as a Titans franchise, as an organization, you have to say to yourself, okay, yes, we are at the top of our division. But this is how we measure up against top dogs in the National Football League. So Not much. Um, it's still a growing process for them. Um, and as far as they're concerned, it really just comes down to them in Jacksonville. Yep. Um, Lions-Bears. I don't want to spend too much time on that. Um, although the, the Lions Lions are just doing what they need to do to get that, that, that playoff spot. You know what? Sitting here looking at the schedules, and I'm watching that game, and I'm like, man, come on, Bears, come on, Bears, because the Redskins need the Lions to lose. And, you know, to what you just said, the Lions just, they just continue to get victories. That's a, that's a, this is a game and you, that's a franchise that you, when you look at the Lions against the Bears, it's, you can't look at the Lions the way you would if you were looking at the Steelers or the Patriots saying that, oh, man, the Bears, you know, the yeah, Lions, right, you know, right, they right. only won by three points. Yeah. You, know, you know what? At the end of the day, you're the Lions. W's. You, won, you got W's. You just got W's. You got W's, and right now you have an opportunity to qualify for the playoffs. I want to say two years two right. years in a row. They're the winners of the Aaron Rodgers is hurt, Cam Chancellor is hurt, Sherman is hurt, uh, everybody on the Redskins is hurt. They're the winner of those sweepstakes. You know, they're the team. You're trying to figure out oh, nobody wins. The Lions are winning. I can, I can tell you that because as each one of these, as as, as Carolina and David Johnson and them goes down, mm-hmm. and each and each one of these teams say, "Damn, now what?" Detroit just says, "Man, oh, we can just keep picking up these W's mm-hmm. and finish around nine, get around nine to ten wins. Mm-hmm. We're going to be in there. You're going to need ten wins if you're going to qualify in the NFC. You're going to need ten wins." Uh, the Lions, you said they're six and four. Six and four. All right. So right now, when you look at the Lions, their next two games, as far as I'm concerned, are the threats. Where next week they play this upcoming week they play Minnesota, then they have Baltimore after that. Now I know how you feel about Baltimore, and that's a team that you have no idea what what you're getting out of them. But that is a team that that I believe can beat the Lions. I'm not saying that Baltimore will be, but I just think that that's a threat. You look at after that, they have Tampa Bay, they play Chicago again, they play Cincinnati, and they play Green Bay. Very winnable. Those very winnable. Very uh, winnable. Those are all very uh, A tough games. Vikings game. Don't know what you're going to get from the Ravens. Don't know what you're going to get from the Bucks. Mm-hmm. You should be able to get the Bears. No clue what you're going to get from the Bengals. And by that point, the Packers should be fishing. So, very like they're, they're in control of their own destiny. Yeah, the, the, the Lions are definitely in control of their own destiny. And for the Redskins fans who are watching, you need the Lions to lose football games to give yourself a chance. Yeah, no, no absolutely. They're going to be the team that nobody's talking about. That people are going to be like, wow, they're in the playoffs? That's kind of odd. Um, next game. Jaguars, Browns, and um, it looks like the Browns are destined for another uh, only 16 season, which is, at, I don't know at what point the NFL steps in and say enough is enough, because, I mean, they're just, it don't even make any sense. They're not even an NFL team at this point, really. Um, the Jags, another team that's out there picking up wins, and they got seven already. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jags are going to, looks like, are going to be in the playoffs. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. they, they look like they're going to be in the playoffs. Um, you don't want to spend too much time talking about it. But their defense and those corners, they, they're the real deal, man. That team is a real deal. And On defense. I mean, you can only go over so far with uh, the quarterback. Uh, uh, Blake Bortles. Yeah. That's All right. But this is why I say that team is real. I think about the Baltimore Ravens' first Super Bowl win. Okay. Why do I feel like that's about to fall off? Um, no idea. It doesn't look like it? The, the thing is huh? No. Okay. Go ahead. Um, you got the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, um, you got the Baltimore Ravens when they won their first Super Bowl. All right. You know what that team was all about? Defense. Defense, special teams, and running the ball. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Um, I think about the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Defense, special teams, running the ball. You just want a quarterback who's not going to lose the game for you. Now, that's where Blake Bortles comes into play. <laughs> Did uh, you hear what his coach said at the beginning of the year? They said, they asked him in the press conference, what a funny coach. Ideally, how many times will Blake Bortles throw the ball for you this year? He uh -huh. said zero. <laughs> <laughs> when your coach says that, that is hilarious. That's Coach Marone. He, he, was, my, uh, he was my line coach when I was in uh, with Jets. Oh really? Yeah, he was my line coach when that, I was. That was he said <laughs> ideally zero. Yeah, man. Um, but with the Jaguars, man, uh, you know, you bring the original back to Jacksonville. You see what it, what it's done for that franchise. You bring Tom Tom Coughlin back. You know, he was the original coach there that that got Jacksonville Jaguars the notoriety that they had. You know what? I keep forgetting he's over there. And how sweet is it that he's got the Jaguars all team seven and three, mm -hmm. and the Giants can't buy a win. And the Giants can't buy a win. How sweet is that? that I mean, is, it's, it's got to be sweet. I got you two Super Bowls. I'm up out of there. Now I'm gonna go back to the home. I'm gonna go back to 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 my foundation. Now I'm gonna help them. And you guys ran me out for no reason because they're about to fire their coach. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. There's a lot going on over there in New York. But as far as with the Jaguars, this is a team that, and I, I, I'm trying. I probably shouldn't say this because I'm off their bandwagon. But I'm a Tom Coughlin fan. This is a team that, and, and it goes back to what I was always saying about the Redskins, you have quarterback issues. If you want to lay a solid foundation for, for your franchise until you find a quarterback, what you do is you invest in defense, all right? you invest in the run game, and you make sure you have solid special teams. Yep. And that's what the Jacksonville Jaguars yep. have. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is a team that, that when you look at that team and the way they're building that team, that's a team that looks like it's being built right. to really compete and be relevant uh, for within the next two to three years. I'm not saying going to win the Super Bowl, but right. there'll be a team. And, and I think the guy who knows that is Coughlin, who says, I won two Super Bowls with Eli, not Peyton. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Eli is a good, solid quarterback. You know what I mean? He's not it's not Peyton Manning. He's not Tom Brady. He's not, and I think Coughlin says, you know, I got a, a running game for my guy. I got great defense that put pressure on people and beat people up. Mm -hmm. and, and if the other team is only scoring 17 points, you always have a shot to win. Have a shot to win. You always <laughs> have a shot to win. You can never be down more than 14. Mm -hmm. And God forbid you get a special teams or the defense uh, get you a touchdown, mm -hmm. you're in there. And so I, I think Coughlin is definitely – and I do think that enough teams as fans, so many people are looking for Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and it's like – no, 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 build the team, you know, build the team, mm -hmm. build the team the right way. You know, it, this isn't basketball. In basketball, if you get one LeBron, you're pretty much straight. Mm -hmm. He gets to touch the ball every possession if you feel like it. In football, build the team, like mm -hmm. build the team, because if not, what you have now is the Packers who ride Aaron Rodgers as far as you can go, which is great, until Aaron Rodgers 
hurts himself, and then you're like, this isn't even an NFL team. These guys can't even score. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, we kind of just invested a lot in Aaron. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, yeah, that's not the right way to do things, man. That, that's not the right way to do things. Yeah. Um, but Coughlin knows what he's doing. But I, I think to Green Bay's point, they, they, I think that they believe they believe in their system. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that this year, Aaron Rodgers getting hurt this year. Well, we can go right to that. That's the next game. Ravens, Ravens 23, Packers 0. Go ahead. Um, Green Bay losing the way they're losing right now. Um, you have a wide receiver, a tight end, whatever he used to be. <laughs> running back. I said that all these things I said at the beginning of the year. Um, I think what that's going to do is it's going to spark a fire in that front office of Green Bay. And and if they make if they make a decision, and I've said this for years, I said this for years about Tom Brady. If the Patriots ever make a decision and say, you know what, let's just destroy everybody, and they get Tom Brady some uh, some legitimate wide receivers, all right, some give him a top give him a couple of top ten wide receivers like some of these other quarterbacks have had. Mm-hmm. And there is absolutely nothing that the National Football League can do about it. I think that's the same case with Green Bay. Now, if you're Green Bay, hey, we, gotta, we have to get a backup quarterback, we have to get a running back, and we really have to get, get a, a, a wide receiver. Get one of these guys. Get one of these DeAndre Hopkins. One, one, of yeah. these guys, one of these guys who's out there wasting their talent somewhere yeah. and not getting the ball. And, and, and let's let him and Aaron Rodgers make some sweet news. I, I agree with you. I think, and I want to know who's going to, Who's answering for this? What's on the product that's on the field right now? Because if I'm the owner, I want to know who the hell are these guys? Like you said, why is our running back like you saw him and you thought he was a tight end? Mm-hmm. Why is our running Why is our running back wearing number eighty eight mm-hmm. or eighty two? You know what the hell is going on here? Well, oh, he's our best running back. Really, our mm-hmm. best running back is is a guy who's that don't even make any sense. Who are these receivers? You know, Jordy Nelson. Okay, who the hell are these other guys? Mm-hmm. What is where Where are all our first round picks at? Who are these guys? Mm-hmm. That's what I would want to know. It's like I I've been saying all along. Aaron Rodgers keeps a lot of people employed. Yeah. He keeps a lot of people employed, and he and he's covering up a lot of things. Even on those plays you saw, I mean, receivers not even getting separation. Aaron Rodgers putting that ball in the windows that don't even exist, mm-hmm. avoiding blitz, you know, all kinds of stuff, and zero running game. Mm-hmm. Hey, he they need to get that boy some help. You know what I mean? That they they that I told you when he went down. I, I don't even. I wouldn't pick them for one more game this season. Yeah, I was with you. I, I just, I, I just felt that if there was hope that he would come back, I thought that there was enough on that team that they can get a, a, enough victories to, to, to keep them close. Now, with that said, I didn't see, I didn't really see Minnesota doing, having the season that they're having. I mean, they're in position to, to compete for home field advantage throughout the play. I'm not sure if I'm Green Bay right now. We're not looking at. Aaron, rest up, buddy, and let's work on. You don't never tell yeah. the players this, but let's see how far up this draft board we can get. He, he, he. Unless he's he, itching. He, they say. I mean, he's he was at practice last week, uh, taking snaps. He can't throw, but he's still. And, and I said, Aaron, chill out, dude. Like, let's, you know, let let's see how far up, up this, how far of a high of a draft people we can get. We'll get you back. He's, yeah, you got years, to, you know, to play. You got another decade. You to do, play. but you, but just know this: that when it comes down to that last game of the season, of the season, Detroit and Green Bay. If for some reason, if somehow Green Bay is able to get some wins and Detroit starts to lose some games and that game right there decide who goes to the playoffs, I'm going to tell you right now, Aaron Rodgers is going to play. I believe you. I, I, didn't, I didn't see that at the beginning of the year, but now hearing this. But the thing is, the, I, 
that were not looking good. That's right. Yeah, yeah, like, get in, order for him, in order for him to be relevant in that last game, somewhere in here they have to get some wins. Right, and, so. that, and that's not, and that doesn't look like it's happening. On the other side, a Ravens team that we can't figure out to save our lives, um, they look like they're in as good a spot as anybody to get a playoff spot. Yeah, I, I think I told you last time, like the the Ravens are going to make the playoffs. The Ravens, the Ravens control their own destiny right now. And the sad part about it is the Ravens aren't a good team, bro. And they're not a good team. They're a five and five football team. Yeah, but they're not good. The eye test. We watch them every week. They're not good. Flacco's not good. They're, they're, they're not good. The defense really isn't 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 doing much. Um, you know, I think that got, speaks to the NFL this year. I yeah. mean, it's an un, it's like a you know record number of players on IR this year. I mean, so I mean, I get that, but I, this Ravens team, I don't want to see them in the playoffs. What what if in the first round of the playoffs this year we get a Ravens Jacksonville game? What the hell is that? <coughs> I mean, and mind you, Jacksonville Jacksonville's a team that beat them by like forty four nothing. Yeah, in yeah. London, it's like, I don't want to see. That. I, I mean, I mean, and not even I didn't when I was saying that I didn't, wasn't even thinking about the day they already played, but I don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. And then that means one of those teams was being the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the standings right now. The Ravens at five and five, and, and you know need to pull their schedule up because they have they have the Texans without uh, their quarterback. Mm-hmm. You get the Lions. Okay, that's a rough one. Steelers, as Steelers, that's a rough one. Browns, Colts, Bengals. Like they really should technically lose to the Steelers and. Have a game with the Lions, which they're that was they're capable of winning. And other than that, they should be fine. The Texans don't have their quarterback. The Browns don't have a quarterback. The Colts don't have their quarterback, and the Bengals have Andy Dalton. That that's what they have for the rest of the season. Well, here's the thing. Here, here's what you have to look at with this. All right, uh, you just t- you just said the schedule. I think two of the, the two games. Uh, I think you said it was uh, Steelers, Steelers, and Lions. Steelers and Lions. They're gonna lose to Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to beat the Lions for for the Redskins' sake, but realistically, I'm not sure that they can put up enough points to 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 beat the Lions. And I don't think that they can. I don't. I don't think that they can stop the Lions. Okay, so at best, I still say it's a fifty fifty chance. I wouldn't be. If that's there. the case. Now we have to look at the remainder. Now we have to look at the remainder of the teams. Now Texans, the Browns, team. Colts. No Titans. Six and four have a better record than, than Baltimore. Right, okay. All right, you got to look at the Chargers. This is a big weekend for the Chargers because right now the Chargers are sitting at six and four. I'm sorry, they're sitting at four and six. Chargers are done. All right, you also, the Raiders, I think, because of the Raiders' schedule. I mean, but these are teams that. The Raiders are the Chiefs just keep losing. But no, no, because right now the Chargers are second in that division. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So although I'm saying Baltimore will make the playoffs, um, you know, it, it's 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 not a guarantee that they'll make the playoffs. Buffalo, we'll talk we'll talk about Buffalo when we get to Buffalo, but you know the Ravens got the Ravens got a shot. They got more than a shot. The, the Ravens, the Ravens, Ravens the Ravens have more than a shot. Um, Bucks, Brown, Bucks, excuse me, Bucks, Dolphins. John Carlo, what's up? Where you at, buddy? I think you had them losing two more games for the rest of the season. Well, it only took us two weeks to get those two <laughs> games out. The, that did not take long to get rid of those two. Uh, Losses. Um, Jay Cutler got hurt again. You guys got your Matt Moore in there. Um, the Bucks look a little bit better. They have looked better under Fitzpatrick than they have under Jameis. I don't know what that's about. Um, I don't I, like. I, I, the Dolphins. I told you I don't think they're a good team. The Bucks have won two games in a row, and I don't feel good about. Like I don't feel any better. After those two games, there's, there's nothing that makes me say like, "Wow, we look good." I watched Doug Martin, and you're sitting there with me. He runs so hard, so fast, nowhere. 
Is that the? Is that just? He's lying. That has. I mean, he's running so hard uh, for a yard. I mean, part of it could be lying. Um, you have to also look at the fact that if I'm playing against the Bucks uh, with their quarterback situation, box. You know, I'm. I'm that Doug Martin is the one that could hurt me. Right. Because if we allow him to get going, they get that play action fake game going. Now it's just going to open that offense. That's going to open the offense wide open. Um, so in those situations, you know, it's, 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 you have to look at the offensive line. I haven't seen enough of the Bucks, uh to know what's going on with their offensive line situation, but I do know that with Jameis Winston not in the game, the Bucks have won two football games. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's something that if you're Winston, you have to look at within yourself, like what is this quarterback doing differently that I'm not doing? Because right now Fitzpatrick has come in and the Bucks have done nothing but win. I wonder, what do you think Jameis thinks about it? I mean, not, what, and I can't ask you what he thinks because you have no idea what he thinks, mm -hmm. but what does the team think? When you're, when, when you're around, and, I mean, this clearly Fitzpatrick has no opportunity to mm -hmm. take James's job. It's James's job. Mm -hmm. That's not up for debate. Mm -hmm. But you don't ignore that you just won two games. No, you don't ignore it. And quite frankly, to be honest with you, I think that, that I don't know if Jameis is out for the season or not, but that's something that if you're the Bucks, you have to evaluate. Because I said it at the beginning of the season, who is the leader on that team? And if your leader wants to do make immature decisions that 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 he's already hurt, and you want to go out and do that, it's terrible, like riot, terrible. Knowing the players that you have around you and how they're oh, going to respond to right. that, then that's something that the Bucks have to. They, I mean, you have to evaluate that. And, and as much as people, you know, you want to be happy for Jameis, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know him, but. You know, he just seems like he's he's seems he like a good kid. He doesn't, wait, he doesn't seem like a person that's an a hole. Right? No, he doesn't. Okay. He but doesn't. when it comes to what matters most is what you do between those lines on Sunday, Monday, or Thursday. And what he's showing me is that he's he's a guy that you brought up the you brought up the word uh, earlier maturity. You have to mature and realize that that this team is going to go where you take them. And if and if you want to act immature and do little things, guess what? You're going to take this team to the bottom just where they are at the bottom. So I think for the Bucks, I, I think the remainder of this season um, and next season is going to say a lot about Jameis Winston's future. Let me ask you this. Are you opposed to the idea of Jameis sit down and just grow up for, for the rest of the season no. and come back next year? No, no. You, you have to let him go out there and work because there are things that he has to get better at that he's only going to get better by playing. By playing. And if your team is out of the playoffs, you're going to find out a lot about him as a leader. You know? I don't think I, I don't think his ability to lead is in question. I think he's a born leader. It's just a matter of where you're leading people. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I don't think anybody questions well, his say, leader. What type like, of leader? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he, I think he's proven he's a leader because everywhere he goes, you have yet to hear one teammate, coach, anybody say anything bad about him. Yeah. They all love the kid. You know what I mean? Everybody runs through a brick wall for the guy. Everybody, it's just where are you leading people. Yeah. Hey, if you want to fight the special teams guy, hey, let's all fight the special teams guy. Mm -hmm. That's not the right place to be leading people. Yeah, no, about no, leading some people to some film study yeah. and, and yeah. some and some and you know and, and, and getting better. Like yeah. let's lead people to that. No, I'm with you. And, and and when I when you told me about what happened on Hard Knocks with with uh, Deshaun Jackson, yeah. the comment that he made, I'm like, yeah, you know that's that's showing. Yeah, that's showing leadership, right? Because he's a quarterback that's putting. You're new here, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right? But when 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 you do that on hard knocks, but then you come out here when it really matters and you perform the way you're performing, um, the way he has performed um, of late, and then what happened in New Orleans, these are things where if you're the Bucks, you have to start evaluating. And if you really want to test Jameis, 
get a quarterback in here that's a threat to his job. Because when you have, you want somebody to mature, you bring somebody in here that's a threat to their job. And, and then you're really going to find out, you know, what type of leader he is, what type of person he is. Uh, not person, but what type of, of, of leader and football player right. he is. Um, and the Dolphins, like I told you, Giancarlo, it's a bad team. They've over, they, they, they've done more this season than I thought they would have done. At four and six, like, I mean, and, and some injuries, they're better than, than I thought they would be. I mean, the thing is, again, like we just said, they have a good defense. So if you have a good defense, you're always going to be in games. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, their offensive play calling is awful. Uh, I, they're, they're just lack of talent. Uh, they got rid of the only running back that they had. Um, Landry just seems to do nothing but catch five-yard passes, which is really odd. Like, do you know how hard it is to catch 100 catches in a year and not get to 1,000 yards? Like, you go out of your way to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you really have to go out of your way to catch 100 passes and not break 1,000 yards. Like, I mean, that, that, that's pretty hard to do. Um, then, the biggest game, probably, I would say, uh, the, week, the one that the battle of two seven and two teams, the Rams go to the Vikings. And um, who did you pick in this game? I picked the Rams. Okay, I picked the Vikings, if I remember correctly, because they're at home, and I always go with the, the home team when I feel like everything is balanced. Um, the Rams scored on their first drive of the game and then pretty much never even crossed down their midfield after that. That Vikings defense, real deal, man. Real deal. That Vikings defense is not only real deal, but I think everybody knew coming into the season that if, if the Vikings had a chance, the one thing you knew about the Vikings is that they have a, a good wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. Um, and you know that they have a solid defense. Here's a question I had. I was driving, and I'm thinking of a day as everybody's getting hurt. Because remember, at the beginning of the year, they had a rookie running back, and he was doing good, and he got hurt. Was it Cook? I think it was Dalvin Cook. I think so. Dalvin Cook. So he's running well. Boom, he's looking good. They're going. If Adrian Peter is sitting over there doing nothing in in uh, Arizona, just rotting away. Um, so I got to thinking, like, what if Adrian Peterson had stayed, and he was there? Would this have been possible? Would they be like, man, take imagine this team that they have right now, because now they're starting running backs out with Adrian Peterson. Like, man, you say, wow, they would have a legit running back and, you know, knows the system and da da da. Or was this one of those things that it was like it was on it was addition by subtraction and in order for them to get to that next level, the Adrian Peterson era had to end. I, I think yeah, I, I think it was the you just had to part ways with A P. I mean I think that's was just what it comes down to. Um, you look at that schedule, every running back that they have gives you more in the passing game than AP. If you have AP there, maybe the focus is on getting him the, the ball, ball because right. you know how dynamic of a right. ball carrier he is. Right. With that said, when I talk about the Minnesota Vikings, you know, the Adrian Peterson era is over. What I like about the Vikings is is that boy Thielen. Yeah, man. I mean, he just came out of nowhere. So <laughs> now you got Diggs, Thielen. And Randolph as your tight end, that's a legitimate threat. And when you're talking about uh, when you're talking about a passing game, I think that this was a good loss for the Rams. I think that this was a really good loss for the Rams. If these two teams are to meet, and put it this way, uh, I'm gonna say Seattle is out of it. I am too. All right. And I told you last week that outside of Seattle, I think the team to beat is the Rams. I'm still gonna stick with that because this was. They played against, in my opinion, the, the, the best defense in the National Football League. I know a lot of people want to want to say, <clears throat> you know, you want to throw in the, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, but this Minnesota team is, is just as good, if not better. This was the, first, the Rams' first big test. 
and I'm confident that the next time they face Wade Phillips, I don't think that they're going to put up 24 points. I think the next time they face Sean McVay, I don't think that you're going to hold the Rams to seven points. I think that this was a good loss for the Rams, and I think that it's a, it, it's a game that this franchise, this organization can build off of. And, and you know, at some point the Rams were going to... At some point, the Rams was going to hit a wall. They were going to run into something. And it just so happened that this week they ran into the Minnesota Vikings, but I still like the Rams as being my favorite. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it boils down. I mean, nobody picked the Rams to go 16-0, right? So, I mean, yeah. you lost and losing to Minnesota in Minnesota, not that bad of a thing. Yeah. I, the question for me and, and for just about anybody, the Minnesota thing comes down to, how much do you believe in Case Keelum? Like that's that's really the only question mark. And is what is Case Keelum good? He's been playing phenomenal football. He's playing lights out football. It's mm -hmm. are you when you start saying Minnesota is a threat to win the Super Bowl by saying that you're saying Case Keelum is a threat to win the Super Bowl. And now you're asking yourself, does that even sound right? Or, I mean, it could be the Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson sort of thing. That question is another reason why I have the Rams as a favorite. What happens the first time Casey Keenum has a bad game? And now all the chatter starts about Bridgewater. They're going to go with Bridgewater. They're going to go with Casey Keenum. That's something. I think that the Bridgewater stuff has to stop. I think if, I think this week right here, that was enough of that. Sit down, champ. Like, I think unless Casey Keenum comes out there and, his and, first pulls, bad game and, and pulls a Buffalo Bills, yeah. um, and unless he does that, I, I think that you go in and you make it known, hey, this is our guy. This is our guy. For, this, this is our guy. And, and you don't, you just can't worry about Teddy Bridgewater as a player who's gotten hurt. Um, you know that's just part of how that's just part of how it goes. You've been in locker rooms with a quarterback. I mean, I remember Oakland. Like, it felt like it was so, the quarterback names. I can't like I forget. I hear them like you just said the other day. Now I'm, I forgot he was there too. Like Josh. you know, like it's like there were so many quarterbacks and opening days for the three years. Kerry Collins, Aaron Brooks. Jamar and Dante Culpepper? Culpepper. Culpepper, those open the day. Also, Walters, McCown. McCown was open the day, not Culpepper. Yeah, McCown was McCown, open the day. McCown, Culpepper, and Jamarcus. And Walters. Walters. No, I'm, I only had three years. I only had three years. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm not talking about I'm just saying who also played. Okay. Open the day was Collins. Mm -hmm. Second year was Aaron Brooks. Mm -hmm. Third year was McCown. McCown. Also, who played? Jamarcus Russell, Dante Culpepper, and Andrew Walters. All played. In the locker room, I say that to say you've been in the locker room where people have favorites on who they want this. I remember the McCown year, he was an opening day starter, but you brought in Dante Culpepper. And I know there were some guys who were like, yo, let Culpepper play. Mm -hmm. And I remember those guys were saying, yo, let McCown play. Mm -hmm. Does that, how much of a difference would you say that is in the locker room? It is a factor, right? I'm trying to figure out how to answer this. I can tell you it, this. It, it's, put it this way. There is a difference, but I also think it depends on your organization. I really think it depends on your, who you, I think it depends on your organization and your head coach. Because if you're playing in a good organization and you have a good head coach, those things aren't a question. You understand what I'm saying? If, if as players you're taking care of your responsibilities, then the coaches aren't put in that position 
to have to make that decision. But every receiver who's it. not getting ball thinks that the other quarterback is better, right? Well, but 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 then the way you shut that up is that you put on run blocking film. Well, if you want the ball, won't you pick up this run block? If you want the ball, why don't you run your 17-yard comeback at 17 yards and not 15? See, these are the things that, that when we get into meetings after watching games, and, and this is the thing that kills me about youth and high school, is that because a player has talent, you're okay. You never, you hardly ever correct them or discipline them on their mistakes. That there is a mistake. Right. When you say the 17-yard and back comeback should be running yeah. 17, not 15. Offensive football is a game of timing and spacing. Right. So if the quarterback is expecting you to run a 17-yard comeback, you've been a yard deeper or a yard shorter. Those off the timing and the spacing of everything. And so, you know, when you're watching quarterbacks and you're saying, oh, that was just a bad throw, but what you don't know is that that wide receiver cut his route short by three yards. Right. What you don't know is that the wide, is that the, the tight end should have stayed on the outside of the hash instead of bending it in. The quarterback over th threw the ball to where the tight end was going to be, but because the tight end was bending it in, you know, now it looks like everything is on the quarterback. So... It goes back to your organization, it goes back to your head coach, but also uh, whoever your coach is, but it also comes down to the players in that locker room. I don't have a say-so, although I may feel like, dang, I think that this dude is better. When that ball gets snapped, if that's what you're worrying about, you're going to lose. Right, okay, but what about when that first, not even the first, what about when that second interception gets thrown, and then it's like, man, why is this dude in here? Yeah, now if that second interception gets thrown and it happens in, in in the same game and it's at a critical point in the season where you need these wins yeah. and, and that was something that's been a question for week after week, then you have to make the change. Now here's the flip side to that is here's a guy that, yes, he may be able to make every throw. All right, This guy may be able to make plays with his feet. But in practice, he gets the play calls wrong in the huddle. He don't know where guys are supposed to line up. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If things aren't made perfect for him, he doesn't know how to make the necessary adjustments. So these are all things that coaches have to take into play. That right. The average fan, or if have you, no idea been, you have no idea that these are the things that's going on. Now, as a player, and I've been there, where I'm like, this guy should not be on the field. <laughs> Do you keep that to yourself? or I, I keep it to myself. Okay. Because as a player, unless I'm doing everything 100% correct, mm -hmm. and unless my name is Curtis Martin or Tom Brady right. or Aaron Rodgers, I haven't done enough to earn the right to say that this guy should not be on the field. Right. And so that's, that, that's really the mindset that, that you have to have. Now, was it Houston last year? Was it last year? Yeah, 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 yeah. The that Texas situation, team? you take dude out. Uh, who was the quarterback? Uh, Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. 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 Yeah. Brian Hoyer. In that situation, when your go-to guy, DeAndre Hawkins, and you could read his lips, take. You know right. what I'm saying? Now you got to take him out. That Buffalo situation. Yeah. This guy's got to come out. Like why that? And we'll talk about <laughs> right. that when we get to that game. Yeah. Now, um, just before we move on, just a personal story from that uh, era of the uh, the open era. I don't even know if I ever told you this. So, um, in the family section. Mm -hmm. at, at the game, and somehow I end up sitting next to, uh, I mean, not somehow, it's the family section. I'm sitting next to the starting quarterback's um, dad. Mm -hmm. And the quarterback is eh, not getting much time. I mean, you know how it was out there. And he's not looking the greatest. And the fans are boo, 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 boo. 
And they start screaming for another quarterback whose family happened to be sitting in the row in front of us. Whole family had his brother, wife, kids, everybody. And it's just me and his dad. And the, the guy, the starting quarterback's dad. So he throws an interception. And the fans are just like, get him out of there, get him out of there. He takes his water bottle. And he's like, he can't block for himself. And he throws the water bottle down, bounces off of this thing, hits the back of quarterbacks. Can't. <laughs> Right? So now the brother kid, the, 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 the backup quarterback's brother, well, everybody, they turn around, like, yo, dude, what do you, you know, what, blah, blah, blah. He's mad, and it's like a whole ordeal where the starting quarterback and the backup quarterback's family are looking at each other, and it's like, yo, dude, I know you didn't mean to do that, but you, like, you just hit a kid with a water bottle. Now, after the game, everybody kind of looks at each other, tempers flare up a little bit, he apologizes. He's hot that everybody's talking about his son. Mm -hmm. After the game, we're in the locker room. I, I already know what's going on. I see it. I'm sitting there. I'm waiting for you. And I see the, the backup quarterback come out. And he's, you know, hey, he's smiling. And then I see his brother going straight over there to tell him what happened. He's like, what? Who? Huh? What? And I'm just thinking in my head, like, this team is a disaster. Like, this this stuff, you can't make this stuff up. You know what I mean? Like, you really can't make this stuff up. Like, this, I'm like, this is hilarious. And so he's telling him, and then I see the back of quarterback start rubbing his daughter. Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> As if, like, she was assaulted or something. Like, it wasn't that serious. But now he's looking for the other guy. Starting quarterback comes out. has no idea what the hell anybody's even talking about. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, man, this place is a mess. And people don't even have a clue. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, that's, I mean. That was just a typical. That's just one story is a peek into what was going on yeah, over there. I mean, and it was hilarious. I mean, that, that, was, that was Oakland at the time. And, you know, I have my part in it, not necessarily to that story, but, um, you know, we all have our part in it. And if everybody is willing to hold themselves accountable, then process, then, then progress can be made. Um, but when, when you talk about the, the <clears throat> when you're talking about these two teams, uh, the Rams and, and the Vikings, and you're talking about the Vikings with that quarterback situation. Right, get back to the point. Yeah. It, 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 is, it is something that, if you're the Vikings, you just hope that 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 somebody told me I pronounced his name wrong. Case Keenum. You just keep calling him Casey. Casey sounds like Casey. <laughs> Casey Keenum. Case Keenum. Right. Um, if he has a bad game, you have to wonder how 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 that's going to affect the locker room, especially knowing that going back to your point that there are players in the locker room who you know they might want Teddy Bridgewater, but at this point in the season. Where your team is winning, yeah. you can care less who's in there right. as long as he's doing his job. Right, I'm, I'm with you. I, I agree. And uh, before we move on, uh, uh, Chris Pope, yes, first person I heard say that was locks about timing and spacing, um, and it was something. And this is why you know I, I was well prepared from an athletic standpoint and a preparation and understanding the game of football is because when I went to Maryland, I paid for Mike Loxley. Um, he he basically taught me the game of football in all aspects, and there's one thing about offensive football offensive football is a game of timing and space and so you know i saw that on, on there what's up chris i thought that was from uh i mean i heard that i knew obviously a coach told you I, for some reason i thought that was a um Belichick thing yeah i heard it was it was a it was Belichick thing it was it was a josh mcdaniels thing um it was a paul hackett thing when i went when i went into uh in, in, into the when jets. i was with the jets for yeah. four years so that's something that that you, you don't necessarily hear people talk about um but that's something that's important, time and space. You know how I would always talk about the backs and it's important that they get out? That's mm -hmm. that time and space that I'm talking about. Redskins, Saints. The Redskins are up and everybody's counting their celebrations. Facebook's going crazy about how they beat Seattle in Seattle. Now they beat the Saints and we can put the rest that, that 
cousins can't beat a good team and how do you like us now? And then a funny thing happened. There was three and a half minutes left in the game. And Drew Brees, who we've been talking all year, like we haven't even seen that Drew Brees game yet. And they're a running team and da-da-da. And it's like when it was like, we're a running team until, yo, go get in the phone booth, champ. Put on that, that cape. He's like, it's, Drew, you still got that cape? <laughs> sure do. <laughs> sure do. Keep it just for situations just like this. Like, go ahead, put it on. See what you can got. Goes 11 for 11 to finish the game, including a two-point, including, including uh, picking up the two-point conversion. Um, Drew, what, what are we making this about? The Redskins collapsing, Drew Brees turning back into Superman. Um, there's, I feel like there's enough blame and praise to go around. I, I think it was, first of all, I, I didn't see at any point, and I just uh, I DVR'd the game and I went, and watched, went back and watched it again. I don't see at any point in the game where the Redskins actually really shut down the Saints rushing game. No, the, the, the Saints running game right now is real, man. Yeah, and so with the Redskins. Both of them dudes. Yeah, and so what happened with the Redskins was you let the Saints do the one thing that, that, that you couldn't allow them to do, and that was to run the ball. The Redskins did not stop the run. There were a whole lot of missed tackles out there. Yes, there were. There were a lot of missed tackles Yes, out there. there were. All right, and, and I think that this was more about what the Redskins didn't do. Um, than the Saints. I mean, you look at the look at the touchdown that was scored before the Saints lined up for the two point conversion, where the guy bobbled the ball. Right. Under no circumstances with that many Redskins, and you saw one of them. He pulled up off of him. Yeah. No, you got to go lay him out. Now he's legal. Mm-hmm. Because that ball hit his hands. He's turned around. He's bobbling it. You can. You should be able to go and clean him up. All right. But you think that you made a comment was playing is? Do you think that that's because Guys are now worried about these guys flags. Are now worried about these flags, right? And so these, so the, the, you know, them so-called trying to make the game safer. Which, you know what? By doing that, it has made the game safer. I will say that to a degree, it has made the game safer because I'm looking out there and I'm saying to myself, there are some hits, there are some catches being made that, right, back in the when you I first came into the league, you that you're not making that catch, right? All right, but. In that situation, that's a situation where that's not hit on the defensive receiver. That's I mean, that guy is bobbling. He's the bobbling ball. the ball. He's right. bobbling the ball while all running the way down the hill. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm all saying? the way to the end zone. So this was about this was this game was about it, it had to do more with what the Redskins didn't do. Twenty three rushes for the Saints for 160 yards. I mean, that's what the Redskins do. They just they just they give up rushing yards. And and, and another area that you lose the game. You don't have a fullback on your team that can set the edge, and you don't have a fullback on your roster. Third and one, you can't convert third and one. All right? You don't have the two elements on your team that you need to be successful. I saw the New Orleans Saints. All right? And if you go back and you watch that game, and you watch the Saints run game when they're working with two backs, and you watch the Redskins game, and they're operating out of two backs, you will see what I'm talking about. The difference between having a fullback and a tight end playing fullback. When you see those collisions and you see how fast and aggressive the Saints uh, fullback got up in the hole, that's what you need if you're the Redskins. So I think that this was more about what the Redskins didn't do. I think they missed some opportunities out there. But I think this also shows you that the Saints are real. Saints are real. When I was watching the game and what I saw, and we were both watching the same time together, so many runs where the running back goes three yards, somebody gets a hand on him, he misses, gets another two yards. These guys are getting these running backs is like eight, nine yards a chunk a carry with just nothing but missed tackles. 
-hmm. Like just missed tackles everywhere. And carries that should have been three yards are going for eight yards. Carries that should have been eight yards are going for 12 yards. Mm -hmm. Carries that should have been 20 yards are going for 40 yards. Mm -hmm. yeah, it, it was just like missed tackle after missed tackle mm -hmm. after missed tackle. And it's easy to pick on the one person. I'm not going to say his name. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't the only one. There was a lot of people missing yeah. tackles. How about the, 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 the drive that the, I want to say was the same bobble ball drive? Norman misses a tackle that allows the guy to get out of bounds. If you make the tackle, he, the clock is still running. The play after that, somebody else. I can't I forgot who it was, but I, I believe they miss a tackle. Allow a guy to get out of bounds. And if you're the Redskins, in a passing situation, I don't understand why you have your best pass rusher who's proven that he doesn't do a great job of covering tight ends, why you would put him on the tight end. Because that got you beat because he catches the pass and he gets yards down the mm -hmm. sideline. Yeah. So these are all things I think that have more to do with the Redskins didn't take advantage of their opportunities to put the Saints away, and the Saints took advantage of their opportunity to get back in the game, tie the game, then eventually win it. What do we make of um, Kirk Cousins? Um, 22 for 32, 322, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, I'm still baffled by the first, by the second intentional grounding call. I, mean, well, I have no clue what Kirk was thinking about. But what 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 is this thing about the NFL coming back and saying that it wasn't intentional grounding? That it wasn't? Yeah. Okay, well, if they came back and... They, I don't understand why it's not. I don't understand why it's not intentional grounding. What I saw was a guy fake a handoff, two wide receivers who were coming in like this to stop block, and I saw the ball going straight, straight, out, of, like, straight <laughs> out of bounds to where... To where, like, you would think that there was a lot of wide receivers right. right about wide. Both yeah. the wide receivers were in nasty splits. Nasty splits are are when you see a guy lined up in a slot and you and, and, and you see the wide receivers lined up. They're, they're kind of like in a bunch like this. But instead of being out wide, they're about, about four or five yards outside of the tackle or the tight end. Tight end right. You know, that's considered a nasty split. And sometimes you can do it with just one guy. Hey, just nasty split. All right? I, I thought it was intentional grounding. Mm-hmm. But if the NFL comes back and says that it's not intentional grounded, then still question what the hell he was doing. It's still questioning, like, well, no, I understand what he was doing. He was trying to throw the ball away. Mm -hmm. But that's a situation where I mean, it, it's so much happened on that play. If if you were really, if you first of all, Kurt had plenty of time to see that the call that was made was not going to work because the Saints showed the blitz. Okay, so you fake the handoff and then you turn and throw. If you see that it's not going to come. Just turn and throw. And I believe Kurt uh, said that you know, somebody, I was listening to the radio, and they said Kurt said that he wished that he should have just threw it down at his feet. That's what you want. All right? But if that wasn't intentional grounding, I think the, I, I think the, the, the referees cost the Redskins a game. But again, if you're the, if, if, fine, that's right. But if you're in the coaches in the locker room and you blow a 16, 15 point lead, you can't blame that on the refs. Brett might have made a bad call, but you made plenty of bad plays to get in that position. You know what? A quarterback can play great all game long for many games. But if in clutch and in crunch time he's constantly throwing interceptions, that's going to be something that's going to be a dark cloud that's hanging over him. And it's something that, that coaches, owners, and fans will say that it is unacceptable. So I think the same thing applies to the referees. You need to get that call right. If it's not intentional, too many games are being decided by calls that were made that should not have been made. And, and too many games were being decided. I mean, I'm watching this game. I'm watching guys hold all over the place. Right. How you don't see these blatant holding calls, it, 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 I mean, it, it's, it's ridiculous to me. But back to your point, 
you have a 15-point lead with less than six minutes to go on the clock. Mm -hmm. That game was all about defense. In my opinion, Kirk Cousins played great. Definitely played good enough to win. He, he played good enough to win, especially with the hand that he's been dealt. I think Kirk Cousins, I think Kirk Cousins just continues to get better. Yeah, and where I think Kirk Cousins is headed to is that Tony Romo uh, land of un ungrateful fans. That's where, you know, that all they want to mention is what you didn't do and nobody wants to mention. That's why I'm starting to see that Romo did it for longer and at a higher level, but it looks like Kirk Cousins is heading that way where they don't care if you throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns and you lose the game 52 to 48, it's going to be your fault. And you know what? Some, some people just can't deal with the fact that RG3 is not the quarterback here. Well, they need to learn to deal with it. I mean, you need to learn to deal with it. Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback. There's a reason. And I'm gonna give, and I'm gonna give Mike. I think Mike Shanahan has earned the respect to trust his opinion. When you say, "I'm gonna take this guy with the first pick," but I'm also gonna come here and take this guy with the fourth pick as my insurance policy. Kirk Cousins, from the time that RG3 and Kirk Cousins came into, came into the NFL, Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, was a better quarterback than RG3. All right. With that said. It's a situation where the Redskins had a chance to lock him up for cheap. Now it's going to cost you a heck of a lot more to lock him up, and and I, I I'm hoping that they keep Kirk Cousins. It's not it's not going the the merit the Kirk Cousin marriage with the it's going to be like the Romo thing where they just it's never enough and anything barring the Super Bowl, which I mean again people act like the Super Bowl is your birthright and that everybody gets one, and the fact is you don't. Everybody doesn't get one. All right, you know everybody doesn't get one. And what's going to happen is one of two things. In order for him to be here, he's going to get a fortune, okay? And then all you're going to hear is, we paid him this much money and he doesn't have a Super Bowl. That's all, that's all you're going to hear. Mm -hmm. We're paying him $150 million. And every time he throws an interception, you're going to hear about him making $150 million. Mm -hmm. And barring a Super Bowl, you're right. There's, a, there's this RG3 stink that just lingers in the D.C. area that's just like, on him as if like he did something to RG3 or as if RG3 is out there somewhere proving everybody wrong. The guy's not even in the <laughs> you know, so I mean, I, I think that the, the RG, the, excuse me, the the Cousins DC Redskins marriage, it's just not, it's, it's, it's like, it's like a marriage, like, you remember in Along Came Polly where the guy's wife cheated him on the, on the suit, on the uh, honeymoon? Uh -huh. It's like that. It's like the, the marriage is just doomed <laughs> from the beginning. You know what I mean? And it's like, yo, we got married, and you, you gave me a franchise tag. Like, what the hell is that? That's not an engagement now, ring. That's a franchise tag. Now, now, I understand them franchise tagging, but I think that when you made the decision to make him your starting quarterback, and you and, and you saw that he that hey, you know what this guy may be able to get the job done. I think I think it's a situation where you should have committed to him then. Um, but with that said, we have to look at the realities of, of where things are right now. And I, I, I think for Redskins fans, I, I think my message to them would be, you know, deal with the fact that, in my opinion, the Redskins have not been a relevant franchise. Your relevancy has been being able to talk about the Cowboys not having as much success <laughs> as, as, I mean, you're talking about, Oh, the Cowboys just lost. Well, guess what? The Cowboys were just in the playoffs. While by week twelve, you weren't even you were mathematically out of the playoffs. Right. So I, I just think that Redskins fans need to realize that right now your franchise is not it is not a relevant franchise. And when I'm saying relevant, the New England Patriots are relevant. 
Steelers the Pittsburgh Steelers are a relevant football. Um, Seattle's relevant. Seattle is relevant. Carolina is relevant. Right. Atlanta is relevant. Right. Now, you have to get to a point with your franchise that you become relevant first. And this is the first quarterback that the Redskins have had in... in Aside from the one year RG3 had. First franchise quarterback, in my opinion, that you've had since Joe Theismann. <laughs> right. I agree, bro. So, so... Your organization had a chance to, 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 to sign him to a smaller price. I can understand them being hesitant and paying him a lot of money, but this is what I believe. If you give Kirk Cousins a tight end that can block and you give him a fullback because both of those positions are going to take pressure off of Kirk and, and, and your offensive line can stay healthy, I think that this is a team and this is an offense that can be successful with Kirk. Outside of that, you got to build your defense. You have to build your special teams, which everybody wants to come down on Kurt. The Redskins special teams has done absolutely nothing all year. And as a matter of fact, I want to say that they were responsible for at least two losses because Crowder uh, boshed punts. So with the whole Kirk Cousins thing, Kirk Cousins is good enough. Right? I, I put it this way. I think Kirk Cousins is good enough, and I think that he's a quarterback that year after year he continues to get better. I understand people's, uh, I understand how people feel a certain way about some of his interceptions at the end yeah. of the games are bad. Right. I understand that. I get that. All right, I, I get that. The other side of this coin is if you're Kirk Cousins and you want to be paid at the rate, not, you know, people always say, oh, the market value is this, the market value is that. Well, I tell you what, uh, Coach Belichick will tell you, hey, go ahead and test the market. <laughs> go ahead and test the market. We, we, we got something going on here. You can go ahead and test the market. Um, if you want to be paid, like a Kirk Cousins or like an Aaron Rodgers, you have to be able to overcome all of the mistakes that may happen in every other aspect of the game. You know what my question would be? I don't want to pay like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. That's fine. Just pay me like uh, the guy in the Lions. Uh, Stafford. Stafford, right? He's, who I think makes more than all of them, all right? You know what I'm saying? Like, pay me like him, and, and you know, I can do what he does, which yeah. is you make, him hit, make playoffs here and there, mm -hmm. uh, never win a game. Mm -hmm. Throw a lot of yards, mm -hmm. good amount of touchdowns, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. boom, I can do that. Yeah. Give me his money. Mm -hmm. You can keep the Aaron Rodgers money and, and Brady's money, which mind you is less. Mm -hmm. I can do that. Mm -hmm. that, that, that that's that. And, um, and one other thing about that about that game is, um, you know, the, the Saints, they have, they have Mike Westall as their special teams coordinator. All right. Mike Westall was, was uh, my special teams coordinator when I was with the Jets, arguably the dude we met down at the Super Bowl yes. in Miami. Yes. All right. Great special team. Uh, I'm going to say probably. I'm going to be calling the greatest. I'm going to say the greatest special yeah. teams coach ever. All right. That's an aspect of that team that because you have Drew Brees and because you have, you, you know, Mark Ingram is having a good year, uh, uh, your record is up. That is something that as we go down, as we continue to move along during the season and you get to the playoffs, I guarantee that the Saints will have a – they're going to make a special teams play that's going to lead them to a victory because he's just that good. And, and, and you saw it in the Redskins game. I mean, dude caught the ball eight yards deep and bought it out. Mm -hmm. Okay? That lets me know that that, 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 that he's getting that, – that team is buying into what he's doing. And I just know, just from experience, that – that special teams is going to get better or you're going to see guys start leaving the Saints because that's how he is. So this Saints team, that was an impressive win because their backs were up against the wall 
when the team needed their quarterback to step up and get the job done, the quarterback stepped up and got the job done. And that's just a great win for the Saints. Yeah, it is. I'm ready to buy in the Saints. I was ready to leave them for dead at the beginning of the year. And now they, they're rolling, man. They're yeah. rolling. Uh, was it Oswald or was Hoyer two years ago? I know I, Oswald's awful, but that game I wasn't wasn't Oswald. He's, okay. He has his own bad games, mm -hmm. but I, I do feel like it, if it wasn't it wasn't Oswald, it wasn't Oswald. No, it was definitely Hoyer. It was Hoyer. Was it last year, or was that the year before? It might have been the year it was before. Year before, okay. It, it might have been the year before. before. We were talking about Hoyer because I remember you talking about it. Uh, okay, maybe it was the year before. It was the year before. Okay. Um, and and the game that just basically sums up what the 2017 season is. The Chiefs, who we would have had as number one team three weeks ago, um, the only team that's beaten the Eagles and they beaten the Patriots, go to the Jet to New York and, and lose to the Jets, who basically had one win at the time. Excuse me, the, the Giants. Giants yeah. The Giants. Um, that right there sums up the season. It's like just when you think you know something, like this season will just prove to you like you don't know anything. Um, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about Alex Smith and MVP candidate and the weapons and everybody this and everybody that and now it's kind of like I don't know if he's coming back to earth are we ready to get out of the Alex Smith game uh it's just what this is you know mm -hmm. what what are the Chiefs now after I think this is like three losses in a row I think the Chiefs would be fine you lost two games because you were trying to do too much trick plays Andy Reid is doing too many trick plays you know get back to just running a just I mean, you ran a reverse uh, tight end pass that got picked off. I think if you just get back to your foundation, hand the ball to Hunt, let your playmakers, put your playmakers in position that they can make plays, not in the college way, not the Chip Kelly way. <laughs> right. Definitely a lot of right. Chip Kelly uh, yeah. look stuff going yeah. on. I agree with you there. I would say stop being trying to be Chip Kelly and be Andy Reid. Yeah, now I'm with you. What was the guy who came here? Remember the guy with the 700-page uh, playbook? That's all everybody kept talking about. Oh, was the old ball coach? No, no, not not him. The offensive coordinator that they paid all that money for, and everybody used to talk about his his playbook with seven hundred pages. Uh, Jesus, did he come from the Rams? Why is it one of you guys out there? Y'all know who I'm talking about. The seven hundred page playbook and, and the Redskins. And it was it's so complex. It's so complex, and there's all these trick plays. And yeah, now go ahead, but go ahead, go with what you're saying. Um, I think they'll be fine. Uh, I think if Andy Reid goes back, Al Saunders. Al Saunders. Remember you don't remember that with his with his uh with his what playbook. year was that? I, I, if you remember, was, I, mean, year was that? I can't remember what year it was, but I remember that's all anybody kept talking about was mm -hmm. the seven hundred page playbook and how how complex it was. And mm -hmm. once we see all these things, and and I agree with you when you start with the you're trying to win games. Who was it? Was it you? I can't remember. Somebody told me when when people when you start seeing trick plays as an opposing coach, you know that the team thinks that they can't beat you. I think it might have been low. Like when I see a trick play, that means I know the team thinks that they can't beat us, and that's why they're trying to win. I know we, we, talk, we talked about that one time. Okay, before, so you were. That, you I don't remember who no, said it. You have to resort to trickery. I can't remember. We were, watching, we were here watching the game, and, and I can't remember which game it was, but they resorted to trickery. And I said that if you have to resort to trickery, then at this point in the game, you're resorting to trickery. Then you're saying that you don't, you can't beat. Okay, you, you I remember. It. So you remember that discussion? Yeah, I remember that discussion, yeah. and, and that's how I feel. That. If you come out doing what you got to do, and then you resort to going to a whole bunch of trick plays, then you know you you, you just don't have confidence. Now, although you these are plays that you practice, they look good in practice. Um, I think that these trick plays work if you're not doing them all the time. Right. But if I'm watching the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm saying to my guys, "Hey, we got to watch out for the trick plays. Everybody has to stay home. Let's read your keys. 
and let's be smart and disciplined with everything we do. But if Andy Reid goes back to, if he could just get away from the trickery and 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 let Alex Smith do what he was doing early on in the season, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be fine, especially when you look at that division. So you're not giving up on them? No, I'm not giving up on them at all. No, I'm not giving up on them. I, the week one, I told you, I said, yo, they out knew it, Patriot, the Patriots. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was Alex Smith, Dink, get the ball to the playmakers, mm-hmm. and let them run, da-da-da, and then quarter three, when you five-yard pass them to death, mm-hmm. over the top, let, you know, and it was like, wow, that's what the Patriots do to the, you know, the guy out of the backfield, guy out of the backfield, guy underneath, tight end, tight end, tight end. Then when you fall asleep, over the top, oh, my God, I didn't even know that was there. And the next thing you know, you, well, I forgot what, uh, I think it's Jeff Saturday that says, you know, Tom Brady, what he does is, you know, he just pokes you here, pokes you here, pokes you there, and then you die, you're standing there covered in your own blood <laughs> of paper cuts. That's what he mm-hmm. said. It says death by paper cuts. Mm-hmm. You're standing, you know, you say, oh, that didn't hurt, that didn't hurt, that mm-hmm. didn't hurt. And then it's like, Jesus, dude, just slice me up with paper mm-hmm. cuts all the way down the field. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what, that's what Alex Smith is, and, you know, that's fine. You know, and, and get the ball to the playmakers, because they got playmakers. Yeah, they do. And they yeah, got they speed. Yeah, they do. You, you, know, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. get those guys the balls, and it doesn't have to be, like you said, let's get Tyree Hill the ball off of a Kelsey flea flicker, Kelsey throw the ball. Now, that being said, I was impressed Kelsey could throw the ball that far. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, ooh. Got a little arm on him. Yeah, he definitely has a little arm on him. <laughs> he <looked laughs> like he has a little arm on him. Like he might have played uh, uh, quarterback at some level somewhere. He had a little arm on him. Maybe if he, maybe if he went back picky house, I would feel a lot better about myself. <laughs> um, Cardinals-Texans. Just two teams not going anywhere. Yeah, know. two teams is not going anywhere. Um, you know, uh, I think Fitzgerald just, I don't know what he did. He broke a record or he moved up they in passed, the uh, Who did he pass? He passed somebody. I mean, at this point in his career, he's just going to keep. He's going to just keep uh, moving up that list. Yeah, and every and every time he breaks a record or he moves up a list, and, and he's getting accolades, that's a guy that you look at and you say those things are well deserved. Yep, great guy. Yep, great guy. Happy for him. Um, Bills Chargers. All right, so we can talk about this. Getting back to what we were talking about, the quarterback, the coach benches um, Tyrod Taylor, who the team is in the if the playoffs had ended that day, they would have been in the playoffs. So they're still in the hunt. Technically, they're in the playoffs. And he decides after two bad games, one off, one god-awful game, and another uh, not great game, that he's going to bench his quarterback and put a guy who's never played the NFL game in his life. And that dude goes out there and just looks unreal bad. And, you know, we, we had a great discussion going on here at the house while the game was going on. And I love – we had professional basketball player here. We had uh, – Two college basketball football players, uh, NFL player here, and we're talking and just saying, like, in the locker room, you know. And so I just want to revisit that conversation mm-hmm. and, and saying what what needs to be said in that locker room to regain the locker room. And I, 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 I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'll let you say what you had to say about what the coach did and, and what that meant in the locker room. I said he lost the locker room. The coach? Yeah, you lost the locker room. Right, you locker. can't justify what you just did. What, what, so then what is it? Is a simple, my bad, I was wrong. Is that good enough? Put it this way. Fellas, you made a mistake. All right? Made a mistake, and, and that's just what it is. Now, to make up for that mistake, I think that it's just very simple. Tyrod Taylor is our quarterback. All right? But to me, what that shows is that that coach, if I'm Tyrod Taylor, I'm trying to go out there and I'm trying to win as many games as I possibly can, and I want to get out of Buffalo. 
Because what that shows me is that my coach does not trust me. My coach does not want me to be the quarterback. And you just lost. If you get to the end of the season and you look back and you were one game away from making the playoffs, that is on the head. Oh, coach. yeah. Absolutely. Because this is a totally absolutely. different game if Tyrod Taylor starts that game. They had, he threw a picky house and you had four drives that, that you had four drives that you give the ball, you give the ball to the Chargers. 30 yards in. On your territory. Right. 30 and 40 yards in. That's where you lost the game. Because absolutely. you see when Tyrod Taylor came in, I mean, come on now. Now that that team, they, I mean, they that kid looked like he never played football. Forget NFL. He looked like he didn't play Division One football. I mean, may, I, 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 there's nothing you could just. As far as I'm concerned, you lost the locker room with that. You 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 lost the locker room with that move. You let the San Diego Chargers uh, uh, beat you when you look back on that game. And had you started, had you started, see, you you brought up the point. Like they started against the Chargers for a reason. Yeah, that's right. And that's another thing. And that's another reason why I say if I'm Tyrod Taylor, I'm getting out of here. You started that guy against the Chargers because you thought that it was going to be an easy win. Easy it was win. going to help you to justify making build a move his, of, of, of rid of Tyrod Taylor. You just lost the locker room. I really don't think that there's much that can happen. I mean, to be honest with you, I would be surprised to see the Bills bounce back from that. I would be surprised. When we were watching the game, you said, did you just see that? You said an opposing player just came over yeah. and patted Tyrod Taylor yeah. on, on the back and told him, Good job after yeah. the play that he completed. So basically, yeah. saying like they know that's bullshit going on. They know on, it's BS going on. They over know there. it's BS. And, and so when and so in situations like this, and, 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 and I'm not gonna say I hate to do this, but that's why what's going on with Ka Colin Kaepernick is so relevant. That we were talking about the guy who who he does a show with Chris Carter. He said it himself, "What happened to Tyrod Taylor would not happen to a white quarterback." He said it himself. I right? agree. And so you, I mean, you just lost, you just lost the locker room. The put it this way: the only way that Buffalo maintains a locker room that's going that's going to have the mindset of winning is that everybody in that locker room is trying to support Tyrod Taylor. I, 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 now see, that's where I think there might be the silver lining in this because I do think that now those guys are going to play very hard for Tyrod Taylor. Mm -hmm. I think that they want. They, I think they call it and be like. Yo, dude, they they're trying to cap you. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to they're trying to they're trying to screw you over because it, because I'm sure they're thinking. Go to the Chargers. Yo, this dude goes out here, he get a W, goes for 300 yards, two whatever, and we're you know, and and that looks makes us look good. And then even if we lose the next game, we'll still say we're one on one with him. Da 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 da. Mm -hmm. Like it was a premeditated plan to get Tyrod out the way. Yes. And move over to the transition to this guy that, mind you, we're not talking about. Uh, Jared Goff on the bench, uh, mm -hmm. a guy that we drafted one overall, a guy we drafted in the first round, and we're in a rut. Like that kid ain't nobody. There was not one person in Buffalo saying put in whatever the hell this guy's name is. You know what I mean? Like nobody said that. Mm -hmm. Nobody. People might say Tyrod Taylor sucks, mm -hmm. but nobody was saying put in the other guy. That's that's not what they were saying. So I mean, yeah. now nah, I, I I fully agree. And I will, I don't. I'm not so sure that this dude didn't just cost himself his job. I mean, you just lost the locker room. And like I said, the only thing, in my opinion, the only thing that's going to keep that locker room together is, like I said, people are trying, or people are, are the team is going to rally around Tyrod Taylor. Now, with that said, I can look at this as in the, from another, I can't even look at it from that angle of, of the coach is trying to push Tyrod Taylor, put him on the bench, because now you really want to sacrifice your season nah. against the San Diego Chargers for that. So, nah. you know, normally I try to look at multiple angles. But I can't find one angle to justify what that coach did outside of the fact that he does not trust Tyrod Taylor. He wants Tyrod Taylor out there, out of the game. 
He put him. He put this kid in against the San Diego Chargers because he thought that this was going to be an easy win. It was mm -hmm. going to make him look good as a coach. And mm -hmm. It was going to justify his move. It backfired on him. And if you get to the end of the season and you look back and you say to yourself, can you imagine if the San Diego Chargers go on to win the rest of their games and the Buffalo Bills miss, a get, miss the playoffs by one game and that one game just so happened to be that San Diego Chargers game? Because when you can look at that and you got a struggling quarterback coming up, you got struggling. Your starting quarterback was hit a little cold patch, and he's got two bad games in a row. Mm -hmm. And a bad defense and a bad team comes in. This is just what the doctor ordered. Yeah. This is what Tyrod needs to get his self-esteem yeah. boosted. So instead of saying, let's boost our starting quarterback's uh, self-esteem, you're saying, yo, why don't we use that self-esteem booster on the backup quarterback? Like, yeah. what? Yeah. You think I couldn't, you know, like, this is what he needs. What do I have, what I need and what this team needs? Mm -hmm. How about I go out there and I get I get my mojo back and the whole team gets his mojo back and we get to where we're going. Like, come on, coach. I, I, I'm... They're perfect because I got a text message and a couple people asked me about it. If I was Tyrod, would you go back in the game? You got to go back in the game. He's getting paid. You know, you're a professional. This isn't high school. This isn't Thanksgiving. This isn't, you know, when somebody pays you, especially the amount of money those guys get, you go out there and play. I don't give a damn if they ask you to go in there and be on special team. Like, you, that, you're a professional. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm using that as an exaggeration, but you're a professional. You, you, the, the last thing Tyrod needed to do was say, I'm not going back in the game. You wanted him. Then that's not cool. You messing up your future. Yeah, yeah, that's now, if I'm cool. Tyrod Taylor, I'm going, I'm going to go out there, and I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm auditioning for other yeah. teams because you know that you know that that's what it is, and 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 there's no comfort that you know that your coach don't want you. That's really what it comes down to. So I, I think he definitely left. A lot. I mean, I've never been in an NFL locker room, and I can tell you, I, I feel like you left. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if you do that, if we're brothers and you do that to my brother, that's not cool. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That, that that's you. not cool. Because then I'm thinking myself, you damn sure do it to me. You know, yeah. um, Bengals Broncos, man. The the topic that that everybody keeps talking about this week is John Elway comes out and calls his team. He said we're playing a little soft, which everybody apparently is the worst thing you can ever call an NFL player is soft. Um, I do feel like anybody who's never played in the NFL doesn't have the right to say to say I. I, I you know how I feel about people who didn't play speaking on those type of things, soft, questioning whether somebody's really injured, uh, what they're, they're mentally tough enough. Like I, I don't think unless you've been out there at that level, you have the right to say that somebody is soft or not. Now, that being said, John always more than been at that level, so he can call anybody anything he feels like it. You know, he's a you know, two-time Super Bowl champion, you know, arguably one of the greatest, arguably the greatest quarterback who ever lived. So he calls somebody soft if he feels like it. Um, I don't know if you're just trying to motivate the team. I don't know what the situation is. I heard some numbers yesterday that kind of surprised me and that the Broncos are actually second or third in the NFL in defense and yards allowed. It's not necessarily the teams are just running the ball all over them. It's that they're also minus 16 in turnovers and that the other team, just, the Broncos offense keeps giving the other team the ball deep in Broncos territory, which is just leading the points, 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 points. But it's not that people are just... That they're not stopping anybody. So the offense is doing nothing. Brock Osweiler is so bad, Boogie. It's not like it's mind-boggling how bad he is. Yeah. And the idea that he has a job and Kaepernick doesn't. Just just to put in perspective how bad he is. The Cleveland Browns paid him to leave. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. bad do you have to be for the Cleveland Browns to tell you no thanks? Yeah. Yeah. Paid him a lot of money too. Mm -hmm. And he starts for them. And you have to think the defense is just. 
part of them in realizing that it's like, if, unless we pitch a shutout, mm-hmm. hell, you can't even pitch a shutout if you keep giving them the ball in the red zone. Mm-hmm. You're giving the ball in field goal position every single every time. Every single time. Which, that's part of the reason why the Denver Broncos are where they are with regards to teams not getting yards against them. And I said this before, when you lose Wade Phillips from a defensive standpoint, you lose something. And that defense does not look the same as it looked when, you, when they had Wade. With that said, the, the offensive problems that the Denver Broncos that the Denver Broncos are having, um, um, you know, it's, it's it's disheartening because you I mean you go from you go from and it, it amazes me how it, it, it amazes me how every team that Peyton Manning leaves they just go to they just go to the dumps. And it goes back to an argument that I was having with people when they say you know Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning. First of all, of course, it's always going to be Tom Brady. But you see the leadership of a Tom Brady with how things go when he's not there. All right? Because you know guys out there playing for Tom. Heck, I know when I was there and he got hurt, I'm like, man, shoot, let's go. Let's get, you know, because the leader set a standard. Mm-hmm. And so everybody else has to follow. As far as the Broncos are concerned, man, uh, you know, it's disappointing. They do have some ballers on their team. And, and I. If you can this year, you have to get the boy Paxton Lynch in there if he's healthy to see what he has to offer. Because right now you're in a situation where you have one quarterback on your roster, and that's a guy that I don't even think he's played it down in the National Football League yet. So, you know, and as far as the Bengals are concerned, I mean, you know, it's, it's a good win for the Bengals. It's, it's a battle of two two teams that are headed in the right, wrong direction. Absolutely nowhere. Yep. But when you think about Marvin Lewis and you think about the Cincinnati Bengals, hey, you. You needed to win, and you got to win. Yeah, I mean that, that, that's a good way. That's one way to put it. Um, Patriots go down to Mexico and play the Raiders, and they again the Raiders are taking the title of the most disappointed. This is a team that many people this when this one was on the schedule. This was the NFL schedule. You circle this game, and this is an AFC Championship game preview. Mm-hmm. This is the only time these two teams are going to face this year, Boogie. That's breaking news to you. They will not be playing again this year. All right? So the Raiders are, I mean, the Chiefs keep losing or whatever the case may be. But the Raiders were not supposed to be 4-6. The Raiders weren't supposed to have six losses on the entire season. Mm-hmm. And, and they got there quick. Mm-hmm. Um, their receivers just, I don't know what the hell it is. They, I mean, at the beginning of the season, we would have made a case for them to be maybe the best receiving duo with the two of them. Now you now you might make case from being the worst. I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure they lead the league in, in drops combined. They have to. Um, they're not good, and the Patriots are. Yeah, the Patriots. The Patriots are mm-hmm. back to looking like the Patriots, and 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 they're rolling. And you know, we watch Tom Brady doing what he's doing. At, uh, Amendola running across the uh, the back catching, and you got Gronk going. Mm-hmm. Insert random running back here. They're moving, and and this defense that was giving up 300 yards to everybody who even thought about passing the ball, all of a sudden, not so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I said at the beginning of the season, yo, Coach, Coach Belichick's going to figure it out. In the last few years, that's how the, the Patriots, you would look at them and you say, okay, well, you know, oh my gosh, they, they only won by 10. They didn't beat this team by 30. You know, what's going on with the Patriots? The Patriots going to figure it out. You just got to give them time to figure it out, and that's exactly what they did, and and, and I think that the message that they that you send to the Raiders, especially when you look at, at at the mindset and where people were talking about the Raiders, I think that this game really lets you know where you are as a franchise, and it goes back to those wide receivers. You know, you can't drop passes out there. 
uh, you know, people want to get on car, but if you're throwing dimes and your wide receivers are dropping dimes, I mean, you've lost games because you're yeah, wide receivers. Put it this way. The Raiders and the Chiefs will probably have the same record right now if the wide receivers just do a better job of catching the ball. The wide receivers have to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. You can't be out there as a wide receiver being scared, being scared of contact. You can't you you can't cry and complain about wanting the ball. And I'm not saying that the Raiders that the wide that the Raiders wide receivers are doing this, but I just know that this is what wide receivers do if they're not getting the ball. You're out there dropping passes. <laughs> right. It's a National Football League. People had you all competing, had the Raiders competing as a team that could possibly represent the AFC in the, the Super Bowl. Bowl. You got Marshawn Lynch. You got your defense is playing better. They were but, supposed to be the best offensive line in football. Yeah, they're supposed to be the best offensive line in football. But hey, now you're you're, you're right back to being in a position where it's it's just the same old Oakland Raiders. It's just the same old Oakland Raiders. And then the game, uh, another game of the week, sort of thing here: the Eagles Cowboys, and the Eagles just further put the. It, it's almost like the Eagles are Alabama type stuff right now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they're just. Whoever wants it can get it. You know what I mean? Like, whoever wants it can get it right now. And and when you watch this game and it's like a Jai comes off. Here's what I'm thinking. When when I'm watching a Jai run, he comes off the bench. And I think it's second run or his first run. Mm-hmm. It's like 73 yards. Mm-hmm. It's just like a second yard, second carry. And it's like he brought this guy off the bench. Mm-hmm. Now, they got this dude for a, what was it, a fourth round? Fifth round pick? Fourth round pick? Fourth, they fourth round. Fourth round pick. When I'm th- when I'm watching this, I'm thinking, why didn't the Cowboys? If he was available for a fourth round pick, if I'm the Cowboys, why not get him? Tell Zeke to sit down. You know what I mean? Let's get this four games, five game suspension out of the way, and let a giant run for these five games. Well, because I think you, I, I think if you're the Cowboys, you feel good about the running backs you have. Um, Darren McFadden, when, when when he when he was able to get some playing time, I think it was last year or the year before. Um, you know, he came in and he made some things happen. You look at Alpha Morris. I, I think what the Cowboys were banking on is that, that that Prescott was going to perform and be able to pick up the load. But the problem with him being able to pick up the load is that you play against the Falcons, who pretty much had a block party. Uh, <laughs> in the backfield. In, in the backfield. <laughs> yeah, right? they did. Um, and, and the same thing happened, happened with the Eagles. You, you just get after the Cowboys. Zeke brings and. And even if you had a die, he, he doesn't bring this to the table. Mm-hmm. It's not too many running backs that bring this to the table, what Zeke does. Zeke brings that power. Okay, He brings that power. He brings that attitude. You know what you're getting out of Zeke. With that said, you also lose, uh, I believe the boy's name is Sean Smith. You lose, you know, you, you're without your middle linebacker. Sean Lee. Sean Lee. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're without your middle linebacker right now. And your left tackle. And, and your left tackle. So if you're the Cowboys right now, you know, mathematically you're still in the playoffs. But you you need for your defense to step it up more. The Philadelphia Eagles scored what was it, thirty one unanswered points. Dak got a, now when everything was going right, he got a lot of praise. Mm-hmm. But the the story yesterday was how much better Wentz is than Dak, and Dak is nothing without Zeke. And I don't think that's fair. No, I don't think that's fair. Either. I mean, we'll put it this way: when you're looking at when when you're looking at the two seasons. I can understand why people say that 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 is that Dak is nothing without Zeke because he hasn't proven anything without Zeke. At the beginning of this season, we did the we did the preview show mm-hmm. and we were picking the teams and you and DJ and A one everybody was high on the Cowboys and I remember what I said is I felt like last year all the stars lined up properly for mm-hmm. the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. 
and that's not. There, there's two type of teams, okay? The Patriots, Steelers, Seahawks, like I said, those teams are relevant every year. They always going to win 10, 12 wins. Mm-hmm. Packers win, Andrews win, Drew Brees and them a lot of time. Like, that, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And then every year, it's going to be, might be Carolina, might be the Falcons, might be the Cowboys. It's going to be one of these teams that, it might be the Cardinals that mm-hmm. one year. Mm-hmm. Everything lines up perfect. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Every team you play, they're hurt. Mm-hmm. Everybody in your division, off. Mm-hmm. And all the stars line up. And last year for the Cowboys, Dez doesn't get hurt for the first time in forever. Zeke comes out, doesn't miss any games. Offensive line, everybody's healthy throughout the whole time. Witten plays the whole time. Dak steps in. Boom, boom. Everything's good. The, the NFC East, the rest of the division, mm-hmm. goes down in the tank. And boom, you look up and you're, what were they, 13-3, 14-2? This year it's almost a role reversal. And the Eagles, mm-hmm. everything's just kind of lining up. All the other teams are falling on hard times. Every time they play people, it just looks like a, like a cakewalk. So it's like the Eagles just seem so much more talented than the teams that they're playing against. Mm-hmm. And, and it almost goes back to like you were saying when you were in college that it, it's like, you know, when Alabama plays other school, everybody in their position is better than the guy opposed to them. So, yeah, you're not even really being tested. So, again, Carson Wentz looks great and he's making great plays. Carson Wentz, what, has he led any comebacks this year? Is, is it? It's been any game where you're like, man, this is the game that they're not going to win, and this is going to prove to us, da 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 da. Like mm-hmm. the Eagles are rolling, and I think I just wanted the the season that the Cowboys had last year. I feel like the Eagles are having this year. Yeah, but it's all on wins. And last year was all on Dak and Zeke. Yeah, see, that's the difference. This is on wins. Last year it was the best offensive line in football mm-hmm. with Dak and Zeke. And Dez, and Beasley, well, and Whitten. I don't. Well, I don't know if you watched the game when they they placed the um, Eagles and they had those offensive rankings when mm-hmm. they do the starting lineups. They did the Eagles starting lineup, the starting uh, offensive line, and it would be like ranked so and so. Like all them dudes were in single digits on the offensive line. Like ranked second, ranked first, <coughs> ranked fourth, mm-hmm. ranked sixth. Their offensive line is moving. Right? Mm-hmm. Like their offensive line is like that. They lost their tackle. The guy that stepped in there, he's been decent. The, the Cowboys lost their tackle, and like you said, that guy, the guy they're replacing with, is in, inviting people to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. All right? I mean, he's he's single-handedly sending people to the Pro Bowl. Like, yo, you want a trip to Hawaii? I got you. You're about to get six sacks this game. The next guy's going to get three sacks. Like, I mean, that's what is going on over there. So, Carson Wentz, the offensive line is great. The receivers, I mean, none of them are probably Des Bryant, but you got three of them are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the running back situation where you got four different guys, a la the New England Patriots sort of thing, where you don't have one great running back, but we got somebody who can do a little bit of everything. Yep. You, you know what I mean? So the Eagles look real good right now, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I, I don't think it's a, I don't know if it's a dynasty thing, we're here to stay type of thing. I, it, to me, it's got a lot of ring of what happened last year for the Cowboys. And the Cowboys last year, everything like the Cowboys aren't weren't a thirteen and three football team. Like I, I didn't expect that to happen again. Yeah. Well, all I, the stars lined up perfect for them last year. Yeah, and you also have to look at the fact that they lost. I think two of their two of their linemen they lost. Mm-hmm. You know, so those are things that you have to take into. Uh, but that's what happens. That's that's part of football. Yeah, no, I understand. That. I understand <laughs> that. But what I think what you're seeing here is is you see a situation where Wentz had to carry the team. On his back as a as a, as a rookie, mm-hmm. okay, 
and you see how much you see how he's gotten better. All right, what you're seeing now is is that Prescott is in a position now where 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 he has to prove that he can win without Zeke. Now I tell you something that that has that that Carson Wentz doesn't. That is critical. I guarantee you don't have one person on that sideline that's constantly screaming and yelling that you have to worry about getting me the ball. Oh, you talking about that? Those things play. They, those things. I'm telling you right now. People can try to. People can try to downplay stuff like that, but it matters, man. It matters. You don't want your quarterback coming out and having to think, okay, well, I got to get this guy the ball. Let me get this guy the ball. Now, instead of guys focusing on what they got to do, it goes back to Odell Beckham. Now, instead of guys focusing on what they got to do, now you got to calm this guy down. You gotta Doesn't, isn't it, why is it as simple as nobody talking to the quarterback? I mean, it, 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 it is, but you are, you also have, and it, it goes back to what I said about youth ball and this high school ball. If a guy is talented, you allow them to get away with more because you feel like you need them to win. And that's the difference between a Bill Belichick and, and most other coaches is you're going to conduct your way in a certain way. Can somebody on the sideline just say, you I can't? Mean, it's People, just as simple I'm, as like, yo, there's no need to talk to the quarterback. Like, I don't even want, if I look over and I see anybody talking to the quarterback about anything, mm-hmm. you're gone. You know what I mean? Like, because I agree with you. I mean, I've never been on an NFL sideline, but it, it can't be. And no job does anybody need in life. Nobody needs somebody walking over them telling them what they're doing wrong at this second and get me the ball, get me the ball, get me the ball. Yeah. Like everybody, like every receiver, like you said, is always open. They're always open, mm-hmm. and they've never dropped the football in their life. You, you know what I mean? So, I mean, why can't it just be as simple as you know the the wide receiver coach says nobody talks to the quarterback, and I'm sure he and I'm sure Des says no, no, that's not what I meant. I was I was going over there trying to pump him up and let him know that we need this or, or whatever the case. I but, it, but it goes back to what I said. You know, when guys have talent, and you also have to look at this. You don't have a quarterback that that will look at him and say, shut the F up. I'm running this show. This is my huddle. Shut up and get out my huddle. You don't have a quarterback saying that. Yeah. All right? Because I guarantee you. He wouldn't, wouldn't, do, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. Right. So because Rogers now you, you're not doing it to Rodgers. You're not doing it to Brady. You're not going to do it to, um, you're not going to do it to. Took the Raiders to the Super Bowl against Tampa. Rich Gannon? You're not going to do it against Rich Gannon? I've heard Steve Young say that Jerry told him that he was open. He said he threw Jerry the ball for three quarters. That's Jerry Rice. Yeah. And that's Steve Young. said, listen, I don't care who you are. Yeah, I don't care who you are. (laughs) But when you don't have a quarterback in there who who has earned that reputation and you don't have a quarterback who's going to say, hey, shut the F up, shut up. Or you don't have a quarterback. Hey, coach, look, this dude. Hey, I, I, I'm trying to win. I can't deal with this. Bring me such and such until he get it together. Mm-hmm. Because it, to be honest with you, that's what you're going to need. But you understand? I understand. I understand the the fiery and and being a competitor. But there comes a time that you have to be able to maintain your composure. You can't cause all these distractions on your sideline, especially when you're dealing in a situation with young quarterbacks. And your team is fighting to, to try to stay alive. Um, with that said, when Dez gets the ball in his hands, that man is a very dangerous man. Hard man to bring down. He is a hard man. He is a hard man to bring down. But you can be a good player and be a hard man to bring down. But if you're creating distractions with yeah. the team, it, it's affecting the team for the negative. Cowboys done? You know, I'm sitting here looking at the schedule. I'm going to be honest with you. Everything comes down to what the Detroit Lions do. 
That's that's what it comes down to. I think everything comes down to if the Detroit Lions lose three games. Um, I feel like the Richard Sermon Cam Chancellor combination just opened up another um, playoff spot. It, it did, but these teams also needed. I think they needed Seattle to knock off some of these teams. To knock off some of these teams because because right now the way the playoff picture is looking. Because I think I'm, the NFC South think, is getting two. I think the NFC South is getting two. Right. So that's one playoff spot. That's one. That's one. No, I'm sorry. I think the NFC South can possibly get three. And, and possibly even three. I, the two for sure. I, I, two I, for sure. Two for sure. Right. But that's why I say it goes back to the Detroit Lions. You need the Detroit Lions to lose three of the games. And when I'm looking at the Lions schedule, they don't play. The only team they play from the NFC South is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's not like you know, it, it, it's not like that they they they're playing somebody that 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 game is really going to matter. Like oh, we, we know we really need to win this right. game. I'm not counting the Cowboys out of it yet because mathematically, you know, they are still alive. But I think that I, I really think that this is a situation where where they're out. <laughs> I, don't, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to say they out because I believe in that. Uh, and I'm trying to pull their schedule up right now because their schedule is going to tell me. Is, is going to tell. I believe in that, and I, and I feel like no, no. You know what? You know what? They got Chargers, Redskins, Giants, Raiders, uh, Seahawks, uh, Eagles. Um, you know what? Cowboys are out. The Cowboys are out, and you know why I'm saying the Cowboys are out. And and I'm I'm just giving you one of my picks right now is I think that the San Diego Chargers will beat them on Thursday night. Okay. And that takes us to the game from last night. Um, the Falcons, who needed it, knock off the Seahawks. So they're both 6-4 and four now, and I guess the Falcons now on the tiebreaker with them. Um, like, sometimes I've watched games with Russell Wilson, and I thought, yo, this dude could, be like re this dude could like reinvent the position. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this guy is, like, amazing. You know what I mean? Like, because he does the Mike Vick running, but it's not Mike Vick running. You know, it's like he, he runs, but, like, Mike Vick was, like, on another level, like he's running down the middle of the field, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Whoa, this dude's like the most dangerous guy in football with the ball in his hand." Mm-hmm. But Russell Wilson's thing is like a, a little bootleg rollout, thirty yards, dip out of bounds. You, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like he's mastered that. Mm-hmm. And then if he's not doing that, it's about to get sacked, roll out, make this huge arc, and then throw the ball fifty yards on the run mm-hmm. and hit somebody. And you're like, "Well, this is amazing!" Like this guy outside the pocket is like amazing. Mm-hmm. You know. And then there are other games where it's just like, yo, these dudes ever going to score? Like, you know, you, you'll watch three Seahawks games in a row and be like, these dudes ain't scoring any points in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, I, I don't know which one is the real Russell Russell Wilson, but um, with with the defense, with, with, with the Legion of Boom being all but gone now, it's on his shoulders, and I think he's good enough to do it. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all that to say, like I think he's capable of doing it. I just don't think it's going to happen. They got some critical games coming up down the stretch. You know, these guys got some critical games coming up down the stretch, and I believe that one of them is against the St. Louis Rams. I mean, against the St. Louis Rams, against the uh, Los Angeles Rams, and and down the stretch, 49ers. That'll be a good one to get to get get back on your feet. Against the Eagles, that's not going to be a good one. Go to Jacksonville. Not a good one. The Rams. Not a good one. Go to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Not a gimme. And, and then the Cardinals. Like I, I, 
The only thing I see to them that I'm looking my chops for is the 49ers, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think this next stretch, because I feel like, you know, you got that top-tier quarterback. I feel like Russell Wilson is right under that second, right at the top of that second tier of quarterback. And in order for him to get them to the playoffs, he's going to have to play like that first-tier quarterback. Now that the Legion of Boom is gone, now there's no Cam Chancellor back there finishing everybody and Richard Sherman knocking off half of the field. Now that it's gone, it's time for Russell Wilson to go to that next level. And I think he I think he can. I'm just not so sure that's gonna happen. I'm with you. I'm with you. This is his chance. This is his chance. And the only hope that, that I look at Seattle, you say, okay, well, yes, we lost our second game. But <laughs> that's a pretty big thing. No, no, it, is a pretty, it is a pretty big thing. But when you're talking about still when you're looking at, okay, we're still trying to compete for a playoff spot. What do we have in place that's still there, that's been there throughout this time of dominance? And it's your front seven on defense. Mm-hmm. All right, so those guys are dominant. Um, although I say Jacksonville isn't, you know, you look at Jacksonville, um, I, think that's a, I think that's a game that Seattle will win. Because, I, I mean, yes, Jacksonville's defense is solid. It's good. But I just don't see, even without the Seahawks secondary, I just don't see Jacksonville being able to get a win um, uh, you know, against Seattle, even though Seattle is traveling. Um, Seattle cannot get this running game thing figured out for I understand nothing. That. I understand for that. For nothing. I understand that. But you still have Russell Wilson in place. Um, Doug Baldwin, Jimmy Graham. Dom Baldwin, you still have Jimmy Graham. Who yeah. both look good. Who both look good. If your defense, if your defense can show up, and I think if the Seattle Seahawks defense can show up and, and just hold teams to twenty one or less. I think if you can hold teams to twenty one or less, you're giving yourself a shot. Yeah. I'd like to see it because I you know, I think Russ I'd like to see Russell Wilson do it and he's and he's dynamic. Mm-hmm. Now's your chance, man. And again, I just don't know that whole no running game thing. <laughs> It's like three years in a row now. Because mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch last year in Seattle wasn't good either. Yeah. Okay, so his last year in Seattle wasn't good. Last year he they didn't have running back, and now they, they literally it's like they start a different running back every week, and it, yeah. and it doesn't it, and it doesn't even work. None of them work. Yeah. You know, so uh, I don't even I would I wonder if he's uh, Russell Wilson might be the team leader in rushing yards at this point. Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me. It definitely, like you know, that, that that wouldn't surprise me at all. I have to look that up, but he, I, he might be the team leader in um in rushing. I'm pulling for him, just like I'm pulling for Dak, and uh, you know mm-hmm. I want to see these guys get to that next level. Mm-hmm. Um, in both of their cases, I just, I just don't know if they can do it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. He is the no, he's the lead team leader in rushing by a lot. <laughs> 376 yards rushing. The next closest guy is 200. Come on, man. That, that's that's tough. Yeah. And, like, again, we're not talking about Michael Vick design, design runs either here, man. Like, mm-hmm. nah, I can't do that. All right, well, let's get into these picks for next week. It's crunch time now, man. Yeah. About to start getting – we got this Thursday. We got um, Thanksgiving Thursday, so we got a lot of games on uh, on this Thursday. That was 11 this week. Let's go to 12. So we start with, jeez, 12.30. Thanksgiving, you got that good Vikings-Lions. I will take in Detroit. Give me the Vikings. Although I would not be surprised at all if the Lions 
one. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all either. I, I do feel like the Vikings are due for a loss. They are due for a loss, but that team is playing phenomenal football right now. They are. And, and I just, uh, right now, you just have to go. I'm going to go with the Vikings. I'll go with the Vikings. They don't want Detroit to lose. I'm going to go with the Vikings, but like I said, the Vikings are due for a loss. They're not going 14 to 2. But I, it's not going to be this week. But um, give me the Vikings. Uh, Chargers go to the Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys. Give me Chargers. Okay. I know you like the Chargers. Um, Giants come to D.C. You don't realize that the Redskins are playing here on Thanksgiving, which will affect my Thanksgiving plans. <laughs> that traffic is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be stupid. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Redskins. I'm going to go Redskins in this game. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go Redskins as well. Um... Then we go to Sunday. Buccaneers go to Atlanta. Give me Atlanta. Give me Atlanta. Um, Browns, Bengals. Give me the Bengals. Bengals. The Titans go to Indianapolis. Give me the Titans. Titans. The Bills go to Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas City better win. Kansas City. I'll, I'll take Kansas City. The Dolphins go to the Patriots. Patriots. That one is easy. They will both go with the Patriots there. Um, Panthers, Jets. Panthers are coming off of a bye week. And rolling. Give me the Panthers. Yeah, give me the Jets. Why? No reason? Because you like doing silly stuff like that? Um, no, actually, I was caught up in the middle of a thought, and I was thinking about the Jets. And um, So you want to stick with that? I just what want the Panthers to lose. I know. <laughs> That's what you want. I don't know what you could, what you would possibly think for why you're picking. Well, I'm taking the Panthers because I want the Jets to win. All right, so is that what you're picking? Is your pick? And hold up, I will tell you right now. I gotta look at the weather. Give me the Jets. Okay. Give me the Jets. Um, I can't do that. Give me the Panthers. More Panthers. More Panthers. It'll make me no difference if you want to finish dead last. <laughs> and the picks list don't make me no difference at all. Um, Bears, Eagles. Uh, see what I mean? Like that, the Eagles are just rolling. That'll be another game. Give me the Eagles. Give me the Eagles too. I mean, pretty soon they're going to be in that. They're going to start talking about resting players. Mm-hmm. They're about to win the division by four games. Yep. But they um, can't rest players yet because you know because the whole Minnesota Vikings situation. Yeah. Yeah. And the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. And the Panthers. Um, Seahawks, 49ers. Let's go win for Seahawks. Seahawks. Seahawks need that. Um, and a game that somebody has to win, Broncos or Raiders? Give me Raiders. Um, yeah, yeah, Raiders. I I really wanted to say I feel like that Broncos defense is, is, is due for one of those games. And maybe um, I think Elway is pressing the right buttons over there. The thing is, is that Brock Osweiler is, I'll say it again, he is god awful. He's just not bad. He's He's beyond bad. And I don't think that you can win with him as your quarterback. So I, I probably won't pick any team with Brock Osweiler <laughs> ever again. So give me the Raiders. Um, Saints Rams. Now there's a good game. This is Jesus. They back to back weeks with the Vikings and the Saints. Mm-hmm. That's tough. That is tough. So the Saints go from <sighs> from here. They, that last game was here, right? Or was that in New Orleans? It was in New Orleans. Okay. So they're traveling all the way west. I thought they were playing here and then there. Man, this is a big game. That is a big game. This this is going to be a home field home field uh, advantage game. I'm gonna go Rams. I'm gonna go Rams. 
I'm gonna go with Drew Brees and the experience. I think Ray. I, I think that after playing a team as physical as Minnesota, that when they play the Saints, um, it's gonna be a totally different story. I know this just from playing against teams, just from playing. When you play against a banger in one week, and then you play against a team that's not necessarily known for banging, you come out there and it's just like, yo, they soft. Because the team that you played before, I mean, you're talking got about beat up so bad. Yeah, because you got beat up so bad. So if the Rams got out of that game healthy, and I fully expect Sean McVay and, 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 and um, Wade Phillips will get that thing figured out. Um, and and I, I think the Rams will do a much better job of, of stopping the run game. I really do think they'll do a, do a much better job of stopping the run game. Uh, one of the Saints cornerbacks suffered an ankle injury, and I'm not sure if he's going to be back for that game. And that's a significant injury because he's a good player. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Rams. To me, it's two, this is a coin flip, and, and the coin flip, you know, I normally go with the home team. But if you give me a second-year quarterback on one team and the other team has Drew Brees, I'm going to go with the vet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the vet and the vet and Sean Payton, the vet and Drew Brees. Um, I was late to the party on the Saints, but now I'm here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm going to ride the Saints and it falls off. You know, like, I'm going to be picking the Saints like I called it from, from week one, man. Mm -hmm. the, the Saints are rolling. The Saints are rolling like they, they are. And, I mean, they're running. And then, you know, Drew Brees, when needed to be, pulled out the Drew Brees cape. I'm going Drew Brees and the Saints. Um, Jaguars, Cardinals. Give me the Jags, and the Jags are going to be 8-3, and three, dude. Jags are going to be 8-3. and three. Yeah. Cardinals are not a good football team. They're not. They're not. But I just feel like this could be a, a, a game that they could squeak out. Um, it's in Arizona. No, they're not. They're not squeaking anything out. They're done. Give me Cardinals. Give me Cardinals. Okay. And then Packers-Steelers. Steelers, I mean, that's got it. That's but that's a prime time game too. Yeah, well, they, they weren't were, banking on. Wait, they weren't being so Gerald, I Aaron Rodgers not being there. That would have been a hell of a game. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely would have. So would've give me Steelers. Give me give me the Steelers, and then Monday night, not a good Monday night game. The Texans at the Ravens here. Give me the Ravens. Yeah, give me the Ravens, and they'll the be six and five. Yep, give me the Ravens. And that's where the season is, man. A lot of these teams that you're looking up, you're going to be like, wow, the Jags are 8-3. and three. Wow, the Ravens are 6-5. and five. Wow, the Rams are so-and-so. Like, and, and, and then on the flip side, it's going to be like, wow, the Broncos are 3-8. and eight. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow, the Ravens are 4 and You know, whatever. Like, mm -hmm. this is, These are things that nobody saw coming. You know what I mean? A, a lot of them. A, a lot of them. And um, the Bills, Chiefs, we're going to find out about one of these teams is going to be in some serious trouble after this game. Yeah, I think it's going to be the Bills. I mean, I, I really think it's going to be the Bills. The Chiefs, I, I think that Andy Reid is going to get that. I, I think that he's going to calm himself down a little bit. And the Chiefs will just get back and doing what they were doing. And they have to think and dunk, take your shots, allow your players to make plays. All right, that is this week's show. Um, had a lot of fun. Good show. Uh, a lot of talk about NFL season is getting interesting. We get close to the playoffs. Hopefully start seeing some games that matter. Teams start separating themselves. Um, it's going to be a good time. I want everybody to say, uh, wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Everybody have a good holiday weekend. Everybody be safe out there um, this weekend. Oh, um, Terry Glenn. Did you know Terry Glenn? I met Terry Glenn. Uh, maybe once or twice. I saw that last night before I went to bed. That was that was, that was was unfortunate. That was sad. Yeah, it is sad. You never want, you never want to see it, especially with somebody this young. 43. Yeah, this yeah. young like that. 
Uh, if you get a chance, just real quick. Um, I'm doing my last radio uh, broadcast, play-by-play -play for the Maryland game. I'm doing the Maryland-Penn State game. So for those of you all who are in Baltimore, I believe it's uh, 105.7, if I'm not mistaken. For those in the D.C. area, tune in to sports to ESPN 980. Those with uh, these modern-day phones with... You can download every app known to man. You can go to the ESPN ESPN 980 to download the app. And uh, it'll be the last game for myself, to, uh, Johnny Holiday, Tim Strachan, and myself. Uh, I'll be calling the play-by-play -play game for the uh, Maryland Penn State game. So if you get a chance, you're in your car, check that out. Yep, that, I agree. And I know there's a lot of Penn State fans all over. So definitely, if you, if you get a chance, take it, yeah, go ahead and listen to, to that Maryland Penn State game. I'm sure that'll be a close one. But, um, all right, anyway, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, we really do appreciate you guys, all your comments. Got a whole lot of, uh, all you, yep, that's right, D. D made a D laughing at you. Good to see you, uh, D. Sidekick. <laughs> Next tell. John Carlo, appreciate you as always. Uh, uh, what we got there? J. Doc Pinnell, my man. I ain't heard from you in a while, Jay. Good, good to see you out there and all those other people. Who chimed in this week? We really do appreciate that. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving, and we will see you next week. Peace. Later.